Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. Hello, SFL Nation. It's your favorite GM out here, Nelson Lozano, here bringing you another show on another Friday. Uh, I appreciate if you took the time to come and check out the show today. Uh, Definitely is a very exciting one uh, with some of the folks that we have on the show today. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. So, again, as you know, we're going to go over league news. Um, We're going to go over uh, the upcoming schedule. And then after that, we're going to get to know some folks tonight. Um, I'm lucky enough to have a QB of the Louisiana Revolution, uh, Johnny Pickler. And then I also have a wide receiver and uh, epic uh, sports member, uh, Cam Curtis, as well, uh, wide receiver for the Fort Worth Toros and the uh, epic sports uh, member, Cam Curtis. So, again, it's going to be a jam-packed show. I definitely do appreciate it if you're joining me tonight. So let's go ahead and start talking about uh, the actual league news. So there was a lot of great games this week, uh, this weekend, and on Monday, and it was uh, it was jam packed, right? I think again, I would talk about how competitive the league ends up being, and uh, these reflect how these games ended up being the outcome of it. So the first game we have is Queen City versus Tulsa, 16 versus uh, 38. Now I know that was a big game for Tulsa uh, to continue their trend and allowing that to be. Uh, showing that they're more than just their offense. You got Denver uh, versus Carolina, 23-10. to 10. Uh, That's a huge game, and again, continuing the trend with Denver winning and, and being only one loss this season. Uh, we have Charleston versus uh, Chicago, 19-13. to 13. That was, again, a very close game. Uh, Lone Star Glory versus Sioux Falls. That, again, was a very close game, 28-33. to 33. Sioux Falls takes the win. Uh, Florida versus Las Vegas Fury. That actually ended up being 27-37 to the Fury, uh, and they continue an, another win streak as well, continuing forward. We have Arizona versus London, which was, I think, again, a lot of folks' uh, sleeper, right? They didn't. I think they rode off London, and London finally got their first win. So they it was 16-24. London wins that game. Jacksonville versus Atlanta. That was uh, a very close game as well. Previous champions of last season versus Jacksonville, and Jacksonville won it out 40-30. Uh, to 30. We had the Fort Worth Toros versus uh, the uh, St. Louis Gladiators. That ended up being a 14-0. to zero. So, again, uh, Gladiators to fall, but they always bounce back, and they always keep their games competitive. We have Portland versus Mexico, our, my team, right? Uh, <clears throat> that was not the game or the way that we wanted the outcome of the game to go, but definitely 20-37, uh, to 37, and congratulations to uh, Mexico City for that win. We have Vancouver versus Louisiana. That was a, a, a probably one of the more games that were spread apart. So uh, Vancouver versus Louisiana, the outcome ended up being 6-20. to 20, And Louisiana is another team who only has one loss for the season, continuing their winning streak at the moment. We have uh, Houston versus Baltimore. Now, this is the crowd play game for the week. For those who don't know what crowd play is, it's, again, it's an interactive app that we use to track a stat, uh, stats and really get involved with the game. It, it lets you see these games a little bit differently and trying to keep track of the score. And what's really cool is that even if you don't get the answers right, you're still getting some kind of points that you can use later for uh, gifts and rewards. As I was looking on there, there's a Best Buy gift card. So again, 
Uh, this was our crowd play game of the week. This was Houston versus Baltimore, 14-47. to I know, again, not the way that Houston wanted to go in Baltimore, again, showing how strong they are. Um, and that actually uh, ends that week's game. We have some of the folks that were um, the leaders of their respective sections. We have the top passing. Uh, this weekend it being Brian Destiny of the Atlanta Swarm, uh, Matt Wilson of the Mexico City Aztecs, Josh Miller of uh, the Denver Nightwing. We have uh, H.J. Caswell uh, from Queen City also on the list, and then uh, Ron uh, Cochran of Florida Storm ends up running off that list this weekend. It being led by a rookie is quite impressive uh, seeing some of the talent that's inside of this league with those quarterbacks. Uh, we have the top receiving, Mike Daggs of Mexico City. We have Gabriel Manning uh, of the Tulsa Desperados, which had a historic uh, two uh, field goals, I think, brought back. Uh, so that's really cool. shout out to him and him being the top in the receivers uh, category this week. We have Ivory Irvin, uh, which is uh, on the Baltimore Vultures at number three. We have Vin uh, Kalina, or Kalia, sorry, of the London Knights. Uh, we also have uh, Chris Curtis. Uh, Queen City Corsair running off that list as well. So then we have the uh, top in rushing. So this week we have Reggie Streeter of the Louisiana Revolution going ahead and taking uh, taking the top of the crown this week uh, and continuing his very, very uh, impressive season so far. We have Colin Hart of the Sioux Falls Sparrows. We have uh, Gerald Willis of the Jacksonville uh, Kings. We have DJ Moses the second uh, on Arizona uh, Scorpions. And then finally we have Jared McChesney rounding it off at the top running back this uh this going into this next week uh on the denver Nightwing. so uh those are your top rushing top defensive we have brody gulch of the houston hyenas we have aaron lee of the atlanta swarm we have mel davis of the portland fleet we have uh josh reese of the charleston predators and then we have acquaintance shine uh, hopefully I said that right. Uh, the Atlanta Swarm running off of the top defensive players of this week. Uh, and again, special kudos to Mel for continuing to keep that trend. Uh, great job, Mel, uh, and to our organization. We have the top when it comes down to special teams. Now, again, I did mention Gabriel Manning's overall two uh, returns back. I think nobody at the moment has done that other than him. But we do have on the top of the list Art Vandalay of the Portland Fleet. Uh, we have uh, Giovanni Bolt of the Baltimore Vultures, Shea Carroll of the uh, Carolina Skyhawks, Cameron Curtis, <clears throat> which we'll talk to later on tonight, of the Fort Worth Toros, and then finally rounding it off, like I said, Gabriel Manning of the Tulsa Desperados. So excuse me, I'm sorry if you hear me kind of choking up, because again, that was quite a performance. When it came down to this weekend... Again, special teams do matter, and I always have to say that every game because I feel as if you can't say enough about your special team. So, finally, we have our top kickers. This one here, we have Kramer Jackman of the uh, Denver Nightwings leading us off at number one. We have Shark Shark Tartan. I don't know why every week this ends up being a struggle of the Baltimore Vultures. Anthony Cece of uh, the Jacksonville Kings. We have uh, Cole Varner of uh, Mexico City Aztecs and finally rounding it off is Cliff Allen of the Arizona Scorpions. So, <clears throat> again, congratulations to each and every one of you guys. You are the leaders. You guys are the folks who are going into this next week as on top of your board. So hopefully that goes ahead and continues for uh, all you guys and, and continued success. And for the folks that are close and maybe 
are able to get themselves into the top of the leaderboard. Here's your opportunity of knowing who's ahead of you and who you want to keep an eye on. We now have Week 8 games. So on Saturday, September 5th, we have Louisiana at Houston. That will be at 3 p.m. Eastern on 11 Sports and for the fans. We have St. Louis at Las Vegas. That's at 5 p.m. Eastern time on 11 Sports and for the fans. We have Portland at Vancouver uh, at 8 p.m., and that will be on Twitch. And we have Chicago at Jacksonville at 8.15, and that's on YouTube. So, again, for those who don't know how or why there's two games at a time, uh, it's just, again, get those two teams to get seen on two different networks, right? And it allows us to, again, have more games on uh, on different days. So we have Sunday, September 6th. That's uh, Atlanta at... Arizona at 1 p.m. Excuse me, on 11 uh, Sports for the Fans. We have Lone Star at Fort Worth at 3 p.m. and that's on 11 Sports for the Fans. We have Baltimore at Mexico City and that's at 5 p.m. Uh, on 11 Sports for the Fans. We have Tulsa at uh, Florida at 8 p.m. and that's on Twitch. And we have the uh, YouTube game uh, Carolina at London. On Monday, uh, September 7th, we have uh, Sioux Falls at Queen City at 7 p.m. on the 11th Sports for the fans. And the crowd play game of the week this week, guys, is going to be Denver at uh, Charleston. Um, that will be at 9 p.m. and that will be on the 11th Sports for the fans. So, like every week, it becomes a little bit difficult for me to um, call a game, say this is going to be... Uh, the game of the week or this is going to be the game of the year or whatever whatever right like regardless every game is competitive I think that's what I really enjoy about this league um, and again even teams that aren't maybe crushing it at the moment still have an opportunity to make a win every week which is really cool about the league so um, the crowd play game for the week again will be Denver at Charleston and that will be on Monday uh, you'll have your other games as well and uh, um, hopefully to everybody who is playing uh, on these days. Best of luck to you if you're listening. Uh, and again, to my Portland fleet, let's go ahead and try to continue and get win number two against Vancouver. So, again, it's been an awesome week. A lot of great memorable performances. Um, but I do want to go ahead and, and, and get started and start speaking to my uh, guest of the evening. Uh, it is quarterback of the Louisiana Revolution. Um, Johnny Pickler. Johnny, how you doing? Not bad. Yourself, my man? I've been better. For some reason, I don't know what happened. I started coughing and having something in my throat, so I do apologize if that's what you heard. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm doing better now. I'm doing definitely better now. So um, thank you again for you know joining the show or reaching out to me. It was definitely a... Uh, a very like uh, uh like hey this is awesome right like because we we kind of spoke off air a little bit that your support for content creators is, is known right and, and we appreciate that and it's a genuine appreciation right and i think again um kind of what you know this being noticed something that i work i don't want to say hard on right but that I, I have a lot of passion in uh you reached out and said hey i would love to be on the show and we made that happen so thank you again yeah, of course, man. No, and to, yeah, to say you don't, you know, uh, work hard on it, you know, you, you'd be lying to yourself. I mean, do, putting out podcasts, you know, that are hours long and, and dedicating, you know, a day to the week to it and, uh, and planning for it and coming up with questions. I mean, there's a, and then 
the production behind it. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I've dealt with it, you know, myself, and you know, and I so I definitely have uh, you know nothing but kudos for for all you guys that do it, you know, and do it, you know, free of charge, just just out of passion for uh, for the better sake of the league and to give uh, you know all, all of us um, you know enthusiasts more uh, more stuff to consume. Definitely, and again, as long as folks notice it, I, I think that's really the payoff. Um, because we again, we you just when you aren't playing and you aren't in your locker rooms and you aren't in gen chat, just like any other sport that's out there, you like to hear it when you want to hear it, right? Like just like the news. And I think um, with this whole platform and everything else, it, it has allowed us to really connect and connect with people and. It's been a lot of fun, but to not kind of ramble on, I'm sorry. Um, I do want to talk about you. So, Johnny, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, a little bit about myself. Um, I am 31 years old. I live in the Chicago suburbs. I have uh, two beautiful daughters, ages four and six, Gracie and Gabby. Um, uh, Kelly who just uh, celebrated her 30th birthday, the love of my life. want to give her a shout out. Um, you know, she does so much for me. So, I mean, we got a great, just a little average American family here. I'm a military veteran, um, you know, former criminal investigator. Um, you know, uh, you know, I've dabbled in a lot of things. Was a, was a poker pro for a few years in my life before I had kids. Uh, you know, got into esports. you know, um, you know, just, uh, but, you know, that's just a little, little about me. I love video games. I, I love uh, I love sports like I think most people in this league do. Um, you know, played played four sports for the majority of my life. Uh, you know, football and baseball uh, the longest. But uh, but yeah, man, that's me. Well, I don't know if you could really say ordinary or anything like that. I think that's pretty cool to know what you've been through and what you've been able to accomplish. One, I want to say thank you for your service. Right, like uh, I appreciate uh, you taking on that 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 you know oath and and really protecting our country and giving us you know the opportunity to do anything that we really want you know in the constructs of a law right um but i appreciate it thank you again i do want to say that first and foremost um i think again uh what you were talking about right like having a being a poker player and were you professionally a a poker player like a, a I mean, I, I did well enough where, where that's that's all I did for for about a two year stint, you know. So it, I, I made enough to pay the bills. Now, did you get into that like naturally? Was it something that uh, you went to a casino one day and say, "Hey, this is kind of fun," and, and picked it up, or how did that happen? Um, no, I've been into poker, you know, since it was it's kind of kind of became faddish, and you saw the World Series of Poker all over TV when I was young. I think. Uh, I think it may have started when I was around 13 years old. Um, I started playing uh, with my friends very often. Um, by the time I was 16, I mean, I, I was sneaking into, uh, you know, charity casinos that you had to be 18 to be at, you know, that, that wouldn't really ID you. I was, I got myself like tied into, you know, underground games of Chicago, um, you know, and was playing for, you know, for high stakes at a young age. And, uh, and it just became, you know, uh, a rush for me. Um, and I had a lot of good experiences and bad experiences with it, but um, 
but I loved it. I love the game because I, I'm a competitor. I love sports and I love chess. And I think it's a, you know, poker is really a, it is a game of skill. It's a, you know, it's a, you know, you're always uh, measuring your, your limits and your odds and it's about timely decision making. And uh, so I love the, the mental challenge of it, being able to read people. Um, after I went off to the military, um, you know, had no kids at the time, was single. I missed, uh, you know, out on the, the typical college life that, that, you know, my brother and all my peers had been participating in. So I told myself, you know, you're going to you're gonna kind of follow your dreams and, you know, you know, once you uh, finish your service contract, you're going to, you know, take a stab at professional poker. And even when I was in the military, I took leave to go to my first World Series of Poker event. Um, but, uh, but I kind of went full on after I got, after I got out of the military there for a few years, but, um, slowed down on the, on, on the poker, um, after I had my first child, um, kind of just, uh, agreed a consensus between me and, you know, my family and everything like that, that, uh, you know, I was willing to gamble with my own money, you know, for, for years, but, uh, you know, not, not necessarily with my family's money and stuff. I, I, I go back at it now and then, but, um, you know, it's definitely not what's paying the bills right now. Well, it could be something cool you could show your daughters in the future, right? And then uh, they can pick that up, and who knows what they'd be able to do with it. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I think another cool thing was the crime investigator, right? Did I hear that correctly? That That's really interesting, too. So another interesting subject. Uh, so how did that come to be? When Was this after poker? Was this, you know, during poker? So this, was, was this... this was actually – no, this was actually um... – it was dirt, it was while I was in the military. Uh, if you've ever heard of the the the, sh- the goofy show NCIS, um, that's based off a real federal investigative service. The Navy Criminal wow. Investigative Service is what it stands for. Um, I was the equivalent for the United States Army, so it was kind of like the FBI, the Federal Investigators of the Army. So, but it's uh, called USACIDC, or shortened, the Criminal Investigations Division of the Army. Um, you know, but we worked side by side with DEA, FBI, lo- local law enforcement agencies. And, uh, and honestly, my, my, my government training and my military training, when it came to um, interviewing uh, suspects um, and, uh, and negotiations and, and all that thing, I realized how that, that only helped me when I was preparing to be a poker player, you know, and reading people on the felt later on. Um, yeah. But uh, it was a really unique experience. I got recommendations from some high-ranking individuals in the military to uh, get in on that at the minimum age of 21 years old. And, um, oh, wow. and so I did that. And I did that from uh, from 21 to 23 years old in the middle of my six-year uh, active duty Army service contract. But I uh, uh, saw a lot of things, you know, that, that you know, if, unless you're, you know, you're, you're living that life that you, know, you normally wouldn't see. But, um, you know, I'm thankful for the, the life experience that it gave me at a young age, you know, to, to be exposed to a completely different side of the world there. Yeah, and I think how everything works together, right? You even mentioned the, hey, you know, it... it things you learned in poker it just helped you into this career path that you went into and i think that's that's, that's a really interesting uh, about you right because we had a lot of topics already and uh, i think they were amazing to kind of talk about because this uh th- you know when you speak you speak with a certain type of like conviction and in, in, in very like um very straightforward right and, and it's like uh i can kind of see you know with the military with the poker with everything else um it, it definitely kind of ties in together and I'm, I'm starting to get a better image of you uh as as the person john Fixler, right um now fun fact about you like you have a lot of interesting stuff that you've already spoken about so far but yeah what's the fun fact about you that people don't know man a fun fact i mean 
those might have been the fun facts I was thinking of if, if people didn't know that about me already. But um, I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Um, fun fact. Fun fact is that I like. Uh, I'm good at fantasy football as well. Um, I'm in a uh, a $500 buy-in uh, 16-team league that's been going for eight years, and um, wow. and it's it's entering its eighth season right now. And, and out of the prior seven seasons, I have four titles in it, and that's uh, it's given me a nice payout. So I, I take pride in my fantasy football ability as well. Wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's not easy, right? I, I'm gonna tell you, I gave up uh on fantasy football but i'll give you the story the reason why right um ended up uh being part of a work pool right they were like or a work fantasy football league and it wasn't nothing big right it was like five bucks or ten bucks something of that sort right and um we you know i I went ahead and looked at like reviews and look at players and 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 tried to speculate who's going to be that person that's going to help me win uh, the money at the end of the, of the of the season, right? And long story short, did all this time. The person who ended up winning it all was a person who one did not choose their players, auto chosen, just auto draft, <laughs> never changed their 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 roster, never changed anything, right? When they went into the week, and literally did nothing and got the cash prize at the end, and that. Is exactly when I decided I, I'm done with fantasy football. If this person who didn't even try just took my hard-earned money, uh, this is not for me. So, <laughs> so if you have a talent around it, Johnny, uh, that that's pretty cool because I don't got it. And if you want to send it this way, maybe I might reconsider <laughs> uh, fantasy football again. But until then, I'm staying far away from it. But that that's that's pretty cool to know. Uh, now your SFL story. Um, walk me through kind of I guess from A to A to B, right? Like from first seeing the league and and seeing the concept of it and your thoughts around that, and then getting from the being uh, the uh, the first pick in the draft. And uh, I, I remember and and before we continue on, I remember uh, that was being the first draft I ever watched, right? Like I actually watched that and everything. And, I remember that all those segments and everything else, and it, it always took me back because of how professional it was. And <clears throat> from a video game, I, this was the first time me being introduced to it, so that kind of went about it. But finally, getting to from there to where you're at now, where now you're in a new uh, state and city, and you know you are are, are definitely some uh, someone who has brought notoriety to the organization already, right? And um, yeah, walk, walk us through your whole SFL story. I mean, from uh, your, I mean, all right. So, I mean, just discovering the game. I mean, I love football. It's my favorite sport. I, um, you know, I, I attach myself to anything football uh, my, my whole life. I, my dad had me playing, you know, suiting up in pads since I was six years old. I remember that, you know, he used to, uh, I, I was, you know, you technically had to be seven unless you were of a certain weight. And I remember the day that he, uh, he put um, his winter coat on me and he stuffed all the pockets of his winter coat with pennies and with coins and with weights just to, just so that I would qualify to start playing wow. ball like as a six-year-old. And so, you know, I, I, I fell in love with football, with the game. I think, you know, it's beautiful. I love the balance. I love offense, defense, you know, special teams, the three facets that even if you're a star player that you can't, that you need to rely on your teammates. I think, I, I mean, I think more so than, 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 
anyone else that I know. I, I love watching my uh, from the sidelines. I love watching my defense thrive and my defense play um, just as much as I like being out there myself. You know, I, so I fell in love with the game early. You know, I like I said, attach myself to anything football, whether that's a video game, whether that's fantasy football. Uh, even you know, after uh, I got out of the military, I was playing in a traveling flag football league. Um, you know, so uh, and you know anything that I could do to keep it going. Um, and uh, the flag football league really filled a void in my life. Uh, you know, I, I it would be something that I could re- rely on because you love the the camaraderie that that football gives you, that team sports give you, and um, and knowing that every single Sunday um, I could go out with my boys. And, you know, we could ball out whether we win or lose. We'd have a great time. Um, I, I, I pushed that to the limits as long as I could. It was a very competitive contact traveling flag league. And it was kind of like an Eli Manning situation where, you know, the guys had respect for me because I'd been a captain and been around for, for so long. But honestly, my talent wasn't there anymore. Uh, there's so many guys in their young 20s that could run circles around me. There's more mobile quarterbacks. There's guys that could outthrow me. Um, you know, I, I really, I think, stuck around long enough just because of my, you know, my accuracy and, and my decision making and kind of just knowing how to play the game and having the experience. But there was so much talent around. They kind of just, I kind of, there, it was one of those situations where like, listen, man, either you got to like step down and like with respect to yourself or, or you're going to become a, a backup really soon. So, so wow. I, you know, I ended that hobby and um, in the, within the same month that I kind of hung up the cleats, uh, for lack of a better term, um, I noticed the SFL. I saw it, you know, on my PlayStation View, right, you know, E under 11 Sports, right next to ESPN as I was scrolling to ESPN, um, and I couldn't believe what I saw. And uh, and that very same day that I discovered it, I called, I, I went to the website, uh, called up Cam- uh, Cameron Irvine, uh, and uh, and you know wanted to get involved. And uh, you know he kind of. He, he told me to pump my brakes a little bit. He said, you know, because, uh, <laughs> you know, because I, I, you know, I talked to him, I think, for an hour right off the bat. I'm like, I can't believe what I see. I have this kind of esports experience. I love football. I, I see the potential for this league. I'm like, can I just buy a team for, from you right now and stuff? You know, I'll, like, what, what's it going to cost? He's like, well, that's not how it works. You know, you know, you got to start, you know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then he, he walked me through the ropes of, uh, and I, you know, I got involved. I started to, um, I started to be, different than, than a lot of other people were as far as rookies at the time. I put myself out there. Uh, Kelly had fun kind of as my PR team, uh, putting up all these fake magazine articles, you know, touting me as one of the best guys in the draft, you know, before anyone really knew me. But I mean, behind the, the behind the scenes, I was having, you know, very detailed conversations with, you know, with owners and with general managers and, you know, really wanted to sell myself and what I could bring to an organization. Uh, the gladiators believed in me. Um, they, and, you know, to the draft that you were speaking of, uh, which was a great experience. Um, you were definitely right. I mean, the production was done, you know, outstanding. Uh, I mean, it was completely outstanding, but just and the experience to fly to Boston, um, Kelly and I turned it into a mini vacation of our own, you know, and to see the city, yeah. we visited Harvard and everything like that. And then to, uh, you know, to ha- be able to put on that gladiator hat as the, you know, the first overall pick was a really cool thing. Um, you know, my brother and my friend ended up being drafted in the second and third round. They're still gladiators oh. to this day. Mark Ronick, uh, outside linebacker, and Tony Roberto, defensive end. Uh, they are uh, captains and veterans over there in St. Louis right now. And, um, you know, it was an experience that we got to share together, you know, playing uh, season 14 together. And, uh, you know, our hashtag all season was doubted, you know, because uh, we knew our reputation going into it. But, you know, uh, when... 
Colin and Dwayne and Gerald decided to bring me on board, one thing that I promised is that I would change, you know, the reputation that St. Louis had, you know, that, you know, I would be loud if I had to be loud, that I would bring swag to the city, you know, for, for lack of better words, you know, and that uh, and that we, we would be heard, we would be respected, you know, uh, uh, you know, in one way or another. And so um, I think that all of them would agree to this day that I kind of followed through with changing the narrative there in St. Louis, mm-hmm. but it was a team effort by all of us. I may have been like a face or a front man or put myself out there, um, you know, by request of the team and, and to a little of my own prerogative. But, uh, um, but you know, we, we as a team got to uh, experience, you know, an amazing season together. There was no negatives the entire season. I mean, we had great vibes, great chemistry, and we were able to make history by, uh, you know, um, leading the St. Louis uh, Gladiators to their first ever playoff appearance. And I thought it was a very special season. Um, as we move on to the off season, um, you know, it was a difficult decision. At the end of the day, I, I decided to remain loyal to my coach, uh, Gerald Smith. And, um, you know, had he not been, you know, purchased uh, New Orleans and turned it and rebranded to Louisiana or, uh, and, and then he would have stayed in St. Louis. I would have stayed in St. Louis. I mean, everybody knows that. I mean, it was, so the fact that he, he moved on to Louisiana, um, it kind of is like, oh man, like I'm, I guess I got to test the free agency waters, um, and uh, ended up making the decision to, you know, go down to the swamp and uh, and rep the boot down in Louisiana, and uh, and you know we're having a great season, you know, currently at six and one, um, you know, it's been a little bit of an emo- emotional roller coaster so far this season for various reasons, but uh, yeah. you know we are extremely confident every time we go out and step foot on the field. Um, and nothing's going to, uh, you know, to going to really rein in that confidence. It, it's it's running wild and loose all across the locker room. We all feel good, and uh, and, and this is this is a very good team, you know. And we're going to be a good team for a very long time. And you guys have uh, have definitely came together. And one thing I'm going to say about you that I think here throughout the the story of how we got to here, right? Um, it, it shows. I think you said you know hire a team player right and a teammate and you know care you may be offense but you always cared about defense right like it's that whole team unity and you shared you've shown that in this league right with uh st louis when you first coming in and the pride that you had and the still the the emotional connection you still have with that organization right like you can hear it when you're speaking about it right uh because it meant that a lot you know that they 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 did that they took in people that you knew as well and you were able to set a foundation there with other people and then when you know your coach moved then you know that connection was there as well and that was made through that same type of organization so I can tell your passion and it, you know it shows you even recognize the defense a lot of times too in your uh, press conferences that you have um, you know that that shows that you are a legit team player now the whole Cameron you know Cam Irvine situation I, I do want to you know again he was on the show last week and uh, he definitely shared a lot of knowledge and a lot of stories and you know again uh did the same thing you did right reached out and uh and, and said hey i want to be involved with this and, and i was more than appreciative just like i am today and for him to take that time an hour of his day with somebody he doesn't even know who's you know already trying to buy a team uh to, to take the time to, to spend that time with you you can see what it's set up and it's really cool to hear how your you know your 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 wife and everything else spent the time with you as well with this right and having some type of involvement and 
you know, that's kind of a parallel to my wife where she actually helps me with, with the promos that we put out, right? So uh, when I when we have a game at Portland and I have to figure out like, how I want the background to be or the logos to use or whatever the case may be, or even if the text is, is you know, how I want the text to be, I'll set up what I think and then I'll share it with her and I'll show her. And then she'll be like, eh, let me try this, let me do this, right? And it's minor details that she helps with, but that can make all the difference on the promo itself. And that's that's cool that she did something like that for you, right? Like making news articles and all those kind of things. So folks can get to know you more. And I'm going to tell you, like, I think you really pioneered the um, the gelling of you know the, the making it feel real right um i think you do a really good job in, in, in taking this league and i think you really pioneered for a lot of us to try things differently right because i think before even you coming in you know i think there were there was still a transitional period and uh but you know seeing your promo seeing your shows that you had you know and whatnot with access and and, and everything I felt like that's what was kind of a normal to me, right? Because that's what I came into when I came into the league. So to see the progression and seeing all these people now taking that same kind of steps, right? To make it as realistic as possible. It's a cool thing. And, and I don't want to dig into that yet because I, I think, um, you know, a little bit later on, I, I do want to understand that. How did you get to that creative process? Uh, what made you say, Hey, let me attempt to do that. But um, you know what? Let's let's jump into it because it really is something interesting. So how, you know, just saying that that I feel like you pioneered that and you made it a normal when you were quarterback uh, for St. Louis. Um, how did you come up with the whole, or what motivated you to do like a press conference type of situation where you recorded it and had sound effects and everything? Well, um, I mean, it, it was something I knew I was going to do before, uh, you know, before I even kind of played my first game. I told, uh, you know, I kind of promised that to St. Louis that I was going to bring not only new things to to them, but I was going to kind of put put us on the map, you know, at, at, you know, and and kind of do new things for the league. I, I think that it is important, and I think that this ties back to, um, you know, to to a little bit of my esports experience with the 2K League. Uh, you know, one of our you know, one challenge that any esport faces is to, you know, to really get the personalities out from behind the avatar, you know, and mediums mm-hmm. like your podcast right here uh, is a way of doing that. Um, but also, you know, I wanted to take the initiative and really kind of go from the player's perspective because, um, you know, everybody strives to, you know, to be an owner, to be a general manager, to be a coach, um, to do the X's and O's. And I think that all that's great. Um, you know, people have asked me, hey, do I want that? Do I want this or that? You know, I want to show that, you know, we can have a lot of fun if we kind of, you know, unleash ourselves as players. You know, just being a player, we can up the standard of what it means to be a player. You know, we can we can really have fun with what it means to be a player. We can, we can do press conferences, conferences. We can do, I'd love to see the league implement uh, post game interviews, which is what we, we learned to do, you know, with the 2k league, you know, and, and to, yeah. you know, I, you know, we, we want realism. I mean, that's what, this is a simulation sport. So, I mean, while we're not on the field getting, you know, bloodied and battered every week, the one thing that's very real in this league are the emotions and how similar those emotions are to people who are really playing this sport um yeah so 
Uh, I mean, if you, I, I think that you could do a docu-series if everybody's phone calls that they had, you know, about the league, about their team, talking with uh, you, you as a GM, talking with other GMs and this and that. If you, I mean, you know, these are, these are multiple hour conversations, you know, yeah. uh, in, in free agency, talking about, uh, talking about, you know, weighing your options in free agency and the emotions of letting your team down if you move to another city and this and that and the other. I think that bringing the emotion out um, is is key to you know any type of entertainment you know and, any, and sports is entertainment here uh, in this world and that's you know and it's the it's the drama it's the storylines and it's uh, the audience being able to relate with the emotions is really the the selling factor so I wanted to I said you know without having to convince the league you need to do it this way you know you need to do it this way I just said what can I do myself to 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 kind of to kind of get that going you know to at least say I'm I'm kind of accomplishing what I want to. Um, and, and, and my medium for doing that was, was the press conferences. But, um, you know, I think that uh, we should have, I think people should be on the hot seat, to be honest, and be asked tough questions. I, w- I wish that I didn't have to ask myself, uh, you know, uh, questions and kind of script, script myself. Now, I don't take multiple takes. I, you know, I kind of, Kelly helps me with a question or two. I want, I want to ask myself even what I think is a difficult question to answer sometimes. Yes. I mean, you guys have seen that, that I'll put myself on the spot. But, uh, but, um, I think that, you know, after, you know, when, when a team is, you know, 0-6 or has lost three games in a row, I think that, you know, in, in the break between games, because sometimes we have like a 10 or 15 minute break, that there should be a GM or a coach or a leader of a team that's like willing to be interviewed right now by kind of a, a dedicated league, you know, a reporter or something like that, who would say, who would say, you know, like who would ask a GM, like, are, are you on the hot seat right now? You know, or ask an owner, like, are you about to like can this GM or like, is it the coach's fault? Like there shouldn't be any excuses for being, you know, for being this record right now or losing three in a row. You're, de- you know, you're defending champion, you're under 500. What's the issues, what's going on. And kind of like, Hey, it's like, you want to play the role. You want to be a coach in a simulation league Ask, I mean, take the stand, take the podium. Like coaches have to, you know, like, like GMs have to, you know, like, uh, like players have to and stuff. So I'd love to see more of that. And I think that, you, uh, like you said, even since I started doing it a season ago, I think that other people have started to kind of um, been uh, okay with, with revealing themselves more or taking on their persona a little bit more. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm not, you know, it's, I'm not like crazy about it or anything like that. I, I just, I like to have fun with it. And uh, this is my way of having fun, um, you know, and participating in the league and being completely content with the role that I have. I don't have aspirations for... Uh, to be to be running the X's and O's, I don't have aspirations to 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 be anything else but but to be a quarterback and to be a leader in my locker room, to be you know a face of a franchise, to be a motivator of my teammates and my peers, and to uh, and to just have fun doing it. Yeah, and I, I think uh, there's a few things I want to touch on that. Right, I think that concept of you know, getting to kind of know, because what you're saying to me feels like it's kind of getting to know what's in the head and being kind of living in the, in the, in that moment with that person, right? Uh, When you're interviewing somebody in a very emotional standpoint, you'll get the rawest type of emotions, right? And uh, in that spectrum, right? Because again, my organization isn't starting the way that we want. um, You know, I I think again, it's, it's it's a lot of hard work though you know on that side when i see the conversations when i see 
the taking part of the whole organization and how everybody takes their part and tries to figure this out together and how they'll lift each other up and they will, you know, make sure that there is looks at multiple looks at multiple things, right? And I think, you know, to get that situation where you'll hear the investment portion of what uh, was taken to do that, right? And there's a knowledge to this game that also needs to have happen organically, right? Um, you know, when, when people are coaches and you're able to kind of see the mistakes that happen, I, I feel as if, you know, those are growing points that you can use towards an organization as yourself, right? You have that experience. You know, Gerald has that experience, right? And, um, you know, coming in and then coming to the organization and understanding based on having a way to experiment somewhere else to then come into his own organization and say, hey, this will work. What didn't work when I first did this? And this is the type of team I want to help me achieve that. I think, again, that, you know, that is to be understood. And, 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 you know, and I think there's kind of a portion to it. But I see your point of it. And I think this is what some people may get bothered right because i think they this is where i wanted to see your viewpoint on when people misunderstand you um you know where does that take you and then kind of understanding but you can see how people can feel uncomfortable with that right because it's it's not easy to get people to talk i will tell you that right having this this show uh and trying to reach out to some folks understanding that they may not be may not be comfortable speaking one live right and two uh about things you know about them personally it scares some people and i think that that makes because you put that out there i think people who are like that are uncomfortable and then they misunderstand what you're trying to do and i'll always say that your ashley jackson interview is what made it really intrigued me about you and it, and it gave me a viewpoint to see the person behind the player right because um, I, I felt like I was I was at one point one of the people who misunderstood what you were trying to do, right? Uh, because I didn't know any any better, right? Like I, I nobody else was doing it other than you, right? So it kind of felt like poking and prodding people a little bit, right? With nobody responding, because I was coming in, in in a standpoint of not understanding, right? Like I told you, you were the normal your press conferences and everything that was the normal to me and nobody was doing that as well so when the messages would come out and you were giving that raw emotion or, or your, your actual thoughts about the next opponent or a person or whatever the case may be it got a little bit misunderstood and, mis, and misjudged because of, of nobody's reaction or how people reacted I feel like people started giving you a whole bunch of hate and it was just Interested, but interesting to see how that all developed. But I think again, like I said, Ashley Jackson's interview made me realize something that you said. Right? You were like, "Hey, this is um, I don't want to say persona, but this is what I'm I'm trying to do. This is how I'm trying to, you know, get things to be more realistic and exciting, and these kind of things to help the league be more attractive to an audience." But you said, "Hey, you know, if if you really have a problem with me or you don't understand something, reach out to me." Right, and that was big. Yeah, that was kind of like saying, like, "Hey, you know, get to know me first. Get to know what I, you know, who I am, and then understand that." And with your explanation of why the press conferences happened, what that was able to do for you, what that made an image of, and in a sense, the, the people recognized you. Right, that's how that ended up being your how you became a brand. 
right? And and uh, that's kind of how I associate you is more of a brand because of the people that you have, right? That support you, that that do the promotions with you and everything else. And like I said, it, it's something that we didn't understand. And now that I have an opportunity to have you on the microphone, when you hear these kind of things that people misunderstand you, like where does that take you? How do you feel about those type of situations? Well, um, I mean, misunderstanding is a, a, good, a good way of it. I, I think that, yeah, I think the biggest thing is that people do mix who I present myself. And it's not even their fault, really. But, I mean, they, they you, you just have to take the time to separate the individual who's doing a press conference from, like, the person who's the artist kind of putting on that press conference, you know, yeah. um, and, and who's the content creator that's creating that, for, you know, for, for an entertainment, you know, kind of kind of perspective um you know that that being said um when it comes to when it comes to just the haters if you want to hate the player you know because i talk smack about your team because i tell you that you know uh we're gonna you know i'm, I'm pretty confident that we're gonna run over you next week or, or this or that um i mean i think that i actually don't sound too arrogant in, in a lot of you know my interviews if you really go back and listen to all the press conferences i mean i think i answer questions the way a quarterback would and i think it's natural to me because I've, I've listened to a lot of interviews. I've, uh, I've, I've, I've been a quarterback myself, you know, never, never, you know, never at uh, any serious level. Um, but, uh, you know, I just, it's kind of how I would answer the questions that, that, that are scripted there. Um, but, you know, in entertainment, you know, it's, I, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not like looking to stir the pot, but uh, if it really, it's really a win-win. I really think about everything that I say and do, um, I'd like to say that I think about it, you know, kind of very, uh, very well. It's kind of thought out, you know, it's a kind of, kind of a chess game. It's, you know, kind of staying a few steps ahead. Um, and that's not, you know, versus anybody. It's just my own game and my own way of playing it. Um, and I've been doing it since, you know, since I first got in the league. And, um, and the fact that, that so many people, if you want to just tune into the Louisiana game, just to, just to see me lose or just to hope will this be the game that Johnny Pickler throws five interceptions like all the other quarterbacks in the league? Cause I've never had a game that I've thrown, you know, for four interceptions. I and mean, I've only had one game that I've thrown for three, you know, credit to Gerald and my coaching staff, uh, you know, but, uh, uh, and to, and to a great run game for, two, you know, two years in a row. But, um, but, you know, are you, are you tuning whether you're tuning into root for me, tuning into root against me, I, I, it's about entertainment. It's about upping the, the, the entertainment quality of my team because that's all I can control. If other teams want to follow to get, you know, to, to get virtual quote-unquote asses in the seats, to get people to care about the results of their games, that's, that's their prerogative to do so or to find other, other mediums, you know, to, to do so. Um, but, mm -hmm. uh, but I have fun doing it. I, I, I know that some things that I say in a press conference will rub someone the wrong way, but it's like, man, this is just to get the emotion going. Like, you know, if this was real, like, I, these are things I would say. I'm not, like, I'm, I am confident in my team. I don't care if, like, you don't like, you shouldn't like, like, you should be upset by what I just said if you're in the state of a team that I just talked trash about. Like, I hope that actually unites you guys as a team. I hope you're that much more pumped up to get in front of the TV on Sunday and, like, and, and, and to just get that much more tightened 
with your brothers or your sisters on your team to go against me and my team. I hope that I, that I helped you with that. I hope that I helped my team and my teammates have said for two seasons in a row now, they love everything I do that, that, you know, that, that, you know, my confidence kind of radiates, you know, uh, around the locker rooms and kind of gets the guys going. They know that, you know, they can, they trust me in that space to kind of speak my mind and to represent us all the way we want to be represented. And we don't care if we're hated or loved. We know there will always be critics at the end of the day. We know that someone will always try and, you know, pick at us or pick at me or put us down or do this and that. You're never going to please everybody. But, you know, but I don't mind being loud. I don't mind being flashy for, you know, strictly for entertainment value. And I think that, uh, you know, to your point earlier on about, um, you know, kind of the initiative for the league to do that and how it's tough for certain guys to, to talk or to want to do that or some coaches wouldn't want to be put in that position. Some GMs wouldn't want to be put in that position. Some play, you know, that's okay. You know, right now it's a pure volunteer basis. Like we're not requiring anyone to go do press conferences or whatnot. Um, we should know as a league, though, that, that, we, that we will plateau when it comes to entertainment value because the studies are out. You know, other esports have been around a lot, you know, a lot longer than us, are, are, at, are at different levels than we are and stuff. And, and even they've even struggled to gain an outside audience, you know, with, with having multi, you know, multi-million dollar, you know, organization backing them and developing their games and doing this and that. Uh, and, and they even struggle unless they're willing to kind of really convey the emotion, really convey the storylines to the audience, unless they're really willing to put that out. You know, even, even professional esports players who are, you know, have, have skills like fighter pilots, you know, these, these young kids with, with their reaction time and, you know, whether they're playing first-person shooters or they're, they're good at Madden or they're good at NBA 2K or NHL, like the, all, the, all of them, to an outside audience, these guys all just look like robots and they all look the same. They're all just like the same per- person wearing different color uniforms and they don't really know who, like, who these people are out behind it. So it's a challenge to get the emotion going. Um, you look at any professional sport, it's the entertainment that sells. It's the star players and the things that they say that are, that are in the gray area that sells. Uh, if a guy says something and he gets fined or suspended... The commissioner doesn't actually hate that. He actually loves it because it's going to be it's going to be on ESPN for the next three weeks, you know. And it's just and it's more news for the team. And it's, it's so I mean it's the stories, it's the comeback stories, it's the it's the rivalries. And I mean how you know and, it, and it's tough to to make it a pure a real rivalry if everybody knows. Hey man, at the end of the day, we all still love each other. Like you know, like if those if, if we really all do still love each other, that's great. That's great for the community. I don't want anyone to, to to personally attack anyone the same way I wouldn't want to be personally attacked. But you know, when we're in this space and we're trying to put on a show for uh, for an audience, you know, uh, for if we're, if we're really trying to attract fans, really trying to take this league to the next level, I think that you know initiatives like like this are you know are kind of a requirement to do so. If, if we're not going to do that, then let's just accept that, hey, that we're not really trying to, to grow that big. We're not really trying to, to get an outside fan base interested. We're okay with just the people who are involved in the league watching the league. We're okay with just, you know, our brothers, our wives, and, and ourselves tuning in and watching the games. I mean, if you're really trying to gain an outside audience, these things are requirements. Whether you, whether you like to whether you like to talk you know publicly or not you know 
you know, it's part of the business. Coaches in, in – um, you know, that's why people in professional sports, uh, you know, they have PR people who help them with this and prep them, you know, and they see how articulate you are when they're when they're recruiting you from high school to college. And this is that because they know you're going to be in front of cameras. They know you're going to be speaking. Uh, it, it comes with the territory to have to answer some difficult questions here and there. It comes with the territory to put your face. If you represent a franchise, if you're making all these decisions, if you're recruiting people, cutting people from your team, drafting people, you should be able to explain yourself. You know, you should, if you're, if you're designing the X's and O's and you win games, you know, and you take the credit for it, you should be able to articulate yourself, you know, to the audience when you're not winning games, you know? So um, it just comes with the territory. If you're, if we're talking realism and sports and entertainment, um, and I don't think we have to go there as a league, but I, I think that we should stop kind of pretending that we're going to all of a sudden take some huge step forward without without really attacking this issue. Yeah, and I think it's it's very tough to get a gauge of of everybody's viewpoint, right? Because some people I know are on here to get away from that, right? Get away from whatever the outside world is and come into an inside world. Where try to connect with people and um, 100% you know some people will always be against that because that's this is kind of like their safe haven right they're able to be or whoever that is on the internet and then put that out there and 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 and, and really share a true version of themselves that maybe people outside of that don't so I think that 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 shake up of it because I do get it right if we want to continue this if we want to really get fans I think that's 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 a huge piece for me too, right? How do you really build a fan base? How do you really build real people who aren't watching your game solely because it, they play on it, right? I want real people to watch the games to really root for the players who are on the field. And I think there's a balance that needs to happen because you have the situation where you know, some people are going to feel some type of way about that, and they're going to feel like if they do these type of things, it ends up being, um, it ends up being a little bit more difficult. Uh, so, I get the point that you're coming from, and I think it's a, that's what I'm saying. Getting to know you and talking with you helps me understand you. And do you think because I'm I'm doing this right, and you reached out to me first, and and I took the advantage because I was like, you know what? This is a great opportunity to really get to know Johnny. You put that message out there. If you want to get to know him, do so. And it ended up being where I got the opportunity because you reached out. So do you feel like people should have, for myself, I, I, we're able now to, to get that understanding. But do you think you should give that warning to people? Or do you think that they should, if they really care to know, right, who the person behind the, the player who's on you know discord and who's in in twitch and talking and doing all this press conferences do you think that they should get a warning out of that or do you think that like hey they should probably take the time like i'm doing right now to understand why i do certain things um i'm trying to I just make and correct me if i'm misunderstanding like the the your question with the with the warning um i i think that you know, back on it, like to, to them, just like kind of misunderstanding me. I think that, uh, you know, it's just evident. It's part of the world we live in. You know, people are judgmental. People are, you know, uh, you know, impressions are a thing. If your first impression of me 
is the press conference is the first press conference you ever saw of me. You might, you know, and, and it was one of, you know, uh, my more, Manzellish kind of press conferences or something, you know, you might think, oh, this guy's, you know, this guy's a dick, uh, you know, and, and, and first impressions stick. Um, but if you've been around the community long enough, I do know that I have enough supporters. I've made tons of friends around the league. And so, um, you know, I think that after a certain point, you're like, you know, how does every, like, how does everybody not share my feeling that, that, that I, that I hate this guy and that, and that everybody hate, you know, it's like, if you, if you are really a communicator yourself and if you um, kind of aren't just in some small clique and you really want to get to know the community, you have to have crossed paths with someone else who respects me, you know, and, and my, and, and I would hope that one of those guys would question your, your kind of your thinking on me and, and would encourage you to reach out to me. I've always been an open door. I don't think there's a single person who ever, who has ever messaged me, um, whether they're a rookie, whether they've been, a, they were a prospect looking for advice, whether they're a GM, whether they're an owner, whether, whether they're on a team that I've insulted, whether they're on a team that I've praised, there's no one that I haven't, you know, not only have I not, you know, responded to, I've responded to everybody, but I mean, I've had countless multi-hour, you know, phone calls with a lot of people from around the league and, uh, and I've loved getting to know them, um, you know, but really the only people that I think that are out there that, that truly quote unquote hate me are people that really never, never taken the time to build a relationship with me. Um, and I don't really, I don't hate anyone, you know, because I mean, that's, that's a very strong word. Um, I don't know who these people are. I don't know necessarily how old you are, what, what experiences you've been through in life, uh, where you came from. Um, you know, and, and so I, I don't, I don't hate, I don't hate anyone. I, I hate things that, you know, people that I see people do, or, or I disagree with things I see people say, um, there's locker rooms that I'm glad I'm not a part of, uh, just because I don't think that I would be a good fit. And so I, I, but I have the right to my opinions, just like everybody has the right to their opinions. Um, you know, if they, if they want to just judge me, uh, you know, based off, based off something they've, they've heard me say or something that, that they've said, then they have the right to do so because that's the material that I've put out there. And, you know, what, you know, I can only be judged by so much. Some people are willing to, instead of be quick to judgment, um, reserve that judgment and kind of, um, or at least not jump on the bandwagon of outright hatred or, you know, or rooting against me or something like that. And they've just, they'll, they'll stay neutral or something. And may, hey, maybe my paths will cross with Johnny and then I'll, I'll, I'll get to really evaluate him for myself. But I know there's kind of two camps here, a camp that, you know, really supports him and, and, and will always have his back. And then there's a camp that just, you know, can't stand the guy. Um, but anyone who's in that camp that can't stand me, um, I, I challenge them to come out and say, uh, I've talked to this guy for more than an hour. I've, 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 I've spoken to him at all, you know, um, you know, saying a couple words to me at some point doesn't, doesn't, doesn't justify you knowing me or my personality, you know? So, um, to really get on the phone with me and to get, or to get in a VC with me and to chop it up for a while, you know, I, I, I don't think there's anyone who's in that camp of quote unquote haters of mine, um, or people who misunderstand me, um, who, who have even spoke, who, who have, you know, gotten the, ta really taken the time to get to know me. Um, so, you know, that's all I have to say. It's like, I'm, I'm glad that the people who have, who I've taken the time to get to know and who have taken the time to get to know me in return, I think that we all have a genuine respect for one another. Um, so that tells me I am doing something right and that, you know, I'm confident with how I interact with people. I'm confident with how I can, um, you know, just jump into a new community um, and kind of make a name for myself and represent myself how I'd like to represent myself. Um, and, you know, I'm just confident in my abilities to do so. Uh, so um, I don't, but I, but I'm, 
I'm human like all of us, so uh, I could say something that could that could easily come off the wrong way, or that could come off cocky, or that could come off, you know, this or that. Um, you know, whether that was my intention at the time or it was a slip up, it happens. And uh, you know, if you're going to just judge me on that completely, um, then that's just the type of person you are. You're going to have issues in life just if you just by because that then I assume that I'm just not. I'm not the common denominator there. I assume that you judge a lot of people, you know, very rash. And uh, and I kind of feel bad for you in that sense. Yeah, I, I think, again, right, like, uh, hopefully this this show, and, and it ends up being a podcast after we're done with the show, right, if folks end up listening to that, I think this gave an opportunity for them to see who you are, which, you know, your your what you came from, you know, what, what has made you you, and then understanding what you're trying to do, which is the same goal as me, right? It's creating this fan base, creating a realism, creating something that people desire to watch. Um, and you want to have that, just like me. I want to have people who follow my players for being the players they are on the field every day, and I want them to follow my organization because I'm prideful of my organization, and I feel like others would be too. It's all the same kind. It's just we're we're doing it in two different manners, right? But to understand what at the end of the day you want to be able to accomplish helps understand you, and then un- separating those two, which you talked about before. And, I, and your message is always the same when you do interviews, right? And I don't mean interviews of your own, like the press conference. I mean like with other folks. And I think the message is always consistent. It's always like this: Hey, like understand where I'm coming from, and just take if you know. Take the time to get to know me first before you really say these words of hate. And you and, and I always got to remember it's the internet, okay? In the internet, right? People can be anything, do anything, say anything, and they know there's no repercussions because all I do is get out, you know, log off my computer, or shut it down, and whatever I said is off into the internet and will probably never be seen again unless somebody needs to find it for something to incriminate somebody, right? That's what kind of helps you understand, you know, this situation and how people go about things and use the word hate when they really don't mean they hate. They just dislike something. They either dislike the personality or they dislike what you said about them or they dislike something. But instead of trying to share that or, or be honest with one another and say, hey, this is what bothered me they go behind and say, hey, I hate you and I don't like you and, you know, I hope the worst for you. Uh, from that, that that thing, and, and that's what I'm saying, the understanding portion, to spend the time and talk to you, and given that insight of, of all these topics, right? I, and, and like I, for those folks who know the show and hear it consistently, I do send something to you guys for you to see the questions, right? And, and I do it for countless of reasons. Uh, uh, one, it helps me stay on track, helps us keep the, the conversation able to flow. Um, two, it gives me an ability to bounce back and forth depending on the flow of the conversation and getting that to be organic. Um, but then the, the other portion of it is for whatever these questions are, there, if there's an emotional attachment to it, it allows you to take that in and then not just give a raw because it's still a raw emotion. It gives you an opportunity to really get an understanding of how this person feels about the subject that I'm asking. So 
you know, I think asking these questions and, and, and getting to this portion, which this was going, supposed to be later in the interview, but um, we got to it organically, and it's really cool to, to kind of see that and, and, and get to know you in that mindset and see there's, there's reasons why there's great stories about you as well because of what you've been able to do for others. And if you heard Axis's show and his respect of what you were able to show him that allowed the movement to, you know, Axis Live, you can see how some of that impact that you made really has played a factor. And this is why there's people who support you because you do things for them without really honestly expecting anything back. There may be something back at it at the end of the day, right? I think there's a benefit for everybody in this type of situation having you on our shows, but you never feel like it's a, it's in a situation where it's malicious or, you know, you really just came to do this because, you know, I just, for the hell of it, you actually have an investment in, 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 in what you do. And like you said, you think about something before you decide to do it. So it shows in your actions and it shows the reason why. And, you know, it's, it's really cool to see from that standpoint to now how it all connects. Uh, this is the whole purpose of the show. So I thought this was a great moment to kind of share that. So do you Henry? feel that? Yeah, sorry. Yo, yeah, real quick, no, just before you you, uh, you move on, I just want to say in closure, um, I appreciate you kind of taking the time to um, inform your audience that, or, or use this as a platform for myself, giving me the opportunity to say, hey, man, you know, get, you know maybe some people will, will understand you better and this and that because cause you are diving into the real person that I am, and I would hope that not too many people want to, quote, unquote, hate or dislike me, but, you know, you're not going to get every, anyone to like everyone. I do want it to be kind of noted, though, that I'm not – my feelings aren't hurt. When I, see, when I see people talk smack about my character or my player or, they, or I see the same people, you know, vote against Louisiana every week no matter who we're against, you know, because they just want to – they're voting, they want to see us lose or this or that, you know, that, that I'm, my feelings aren't hurt. I, I understand that I've curated that. You know, I, I've developed that, and, and I own that. So if you're permanently – against me if like i've had people come to me and be like dude like i love you man but like your 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 quarterback drives me nuts or your your percent whatever you want to call it like he just makes me want to root against it and it's like i can't you know i can't i'm not going to try and persuade that other person differently you know um so if it naturally changes and i go from the heel one day to kind of the the hero the next day or whatnot for you then great but i just want everybody to know i'm not over here you know, crying, being a Britney Spears about it in a sense that, like, I feel bad for myself. What What's this storm I created? Um, I, I, you know, anything that I've done, I can handle it. I put myself in a position where I'm willing to be vocal. I'm willing to be different. I'm willing to be out there. Um, I'm willing to, uh, to question things that others might not, you know, might be afraid to question. I'm willing to challenge individuals. I'm willing to just have fun with it. And it's the way that I'm, I'm having fun with it. If you don't, if you don't like me or if you don't like Louisiana because you don't like me, I, I have nothing against you for that. Like that's, that's your right. And I understand that I've created that. Um, you know, so, so I just want that to kind of go on record. You know, I, I, you know, there will always be, be that party and that's, you know, that's by design. So that's, that's okay with me. Yeah. And, and again, that, that's the part that I think people don't understand. And it's and, and to me, right? Like, I think I, I, I put it to any kind of hate that happens, right? Like I'm not hurt by your hate. What I'm more curious about is why you're hating, right? 
Is there even a reason why you hate? Like, do you know why you're bothered by this one situation that you don't fully understand what it is, but you took some type of offense to it? And I think if you try to live your life with trying to get everybody to love you, right, or like you or whatever the case may be, it's very taxing because you're trying to have somebody care or like something that isn't organically there. But if somebody likes you as the person you are because you're able to be authentic and able to be who you are, I think there's a type of connection that you can build. And, you know, again, when when people say, hey, I, I really like you because of who you are as a person because you're not changing for that person, they're, they're accepting you for who you are, then you can really build those relationships and you can really build those um, friendships that, that last a while. So... Interesting, like I said, great thing to share. I think, you know, again, sharing you my side of it. This this is what this whole show is really created for, is to give that both sides. And this is not just a one-way conversation. It's actually a conversation that we're having on air that people can get both sides of the story or both viewpoints of different aspects with the same message. So talking about, and, and you know, last thing, and I want to get into the player's side of things, you know, the quarterback, the you know the choices of being this quarterback. But do you feel like you've created any kind of innovations or trends outside of the um, you know the press conferences and you know uh, you know do you feel like you set any other type of trends like those? Um, I mean, I would caution at, at con- calling myself a trendsetter if um, if you know I get you know, talked about, you know, down the line for, I think that Johnny was the guy who started this or that kind of set, set the, you know, the tone for this, then, then so be it. But, um, you know, I don't want to be the guy calling myself a trendsetter. I think that, you know, obviously the press conferences is, is, is one thing. Uh, I've, I've, I've heard that may have been done, you know, differently even before I got here. So I didn't, I'm not like, Hey, I'm the first guy who ever did a press conference type of thing. Um, you know, I've tried to remain consistent with it. I've taken some breaks with it. And isn't that because it's content creation at the end of the day? Um, you know, and you know how that can be a grind. Um, but what else? Uh, you know, I think that I'm a big advocate of player rights. Um, and that I like to challenge the league on, on certain things and certain, uh, you know, rules and ideals. I, I'd love to, um, so I, I think that, not, not saying that's a trend, but I think that I'm one of the kind of first people in, in, since I've at least arrived that's willing to kind of put my neck out there kind of for the sake of players, for the for the sake of, hey, why do we do this? I'm willing to, you know, let people, you know, kind of mock me or I'll take the bullet, man. Like, but let me, I'll, let, me, let me ask you, you know, let me question this or let me, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I think that, you know, maybe when it comes to player rights, I know that, uh, you know, I kind of created a big storm with the whole way I handled the free agency in comparison to the norm, in compar- uh, comparison to the norm, um, this is, you know, by, by doing that, by kind of holding out, making a show of it type of thing. Um, but that's me kind of advocating for player rights. It's like, hey, man, some of us are just players. And at the end of the day, we're all consumers. And I think that, you know, we should really, you know, be able to have fun with it, too, and uh, and kind of be able to make a show of it. I would love to be able to see uh, kind of shows that were done like that, you know, for for other players and that, that it's not me because it's not going to be me because I'm not going to be a free agent uh, anytime soon. Hopefully, hopefully ever, if I have any say so uh, I'd love to pair myself with Louisiana and Gerald for the long haul. That's, that's the plan. Um, but um, so, you know, maybe, maybe that becomes a trend with maybe how people handle free agency in the future. Who knows? Um, 
you know, like I said, I, I'm all for player rights. I'd love to see um, kind of players be given a little bit more quote unquote voice slash power uh, down the line. Um, you know, it, even if that's representation when it comes to uh, a few votes, you know, when it, uh, you know, that, that what, for things that the owners vote on. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, I, I, I'm, I definitely just, you know, I'm all about, I'm all about the entertainment. I'm all about having fun. Um, so, you know, I have seen not necessarily press conferences uh, while other press conferences have, have, you know, come and gone or, 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 or have been around since I've, I, I've, been doing them in season 14 i've seen some others pop up i think some people have just embraced their persona more um you know i don't and i don't don't like to even use the term persona but like they've they've kind of taken the mindset of their player um you know uh whether it's role play if you will or kind of kind of taking it from a wrestling perspective um i've had people reach out to me and be like hey man fyi i believe in what you do and so i like in public i'm going to kind of bash you i'm going to um be against you but I want this to kind of be set up between us, you know, on the back end and know that like n- people will never know that we agreed to this, but they'll, they might think we're worst enemies type of thing, you know? So th- there's even things like that that go on. So I think that like, I've seen people being proud of their, their guys, you know, so, you know, you know, and, and so, stuff more, but I know people have been proud of their characters for long before, you know, I came around. So um, I, I don't know if that kind of answers your question but again I, like I said I caution myself uh you know when it comes to before I nominate myself as a trendsetter for everything I just I'm gonna be me and if uh and, and if I get you know um put in, into any type of group by people you know reviewing the situation you know years down the line then so be it yeah and like you said I, I think as a consumer you're kind of um you know uh you kind of have people out inside our league that are you're right right doing it the way that they feel comfortable and i think you're saying it like hey how i want to do this because i am a consumer this is the way i want to do it and others are like hey i don't want to be this person i want to be that other person and that being like like you said in wrestling right where that is the the a, a personality of that you're seeing at that moment right it doesn't mean necessarily that's how that that wrestler is right like you're not going to come in the street and say f you because you know you went ahead and did some kind of shenanigan to steal the belt or whatever the case may be right um they're just doing this because it's an entertainment side of things it's sports entertainment and uh i think uh that's the part that's a little difficult right that it's hard to separate it because you just have all these factions of ideas of people that have together and, and, and collecting in one place that you can misread, misread what you're seeing on gen chat or misreading what you're seeing, hearing in a content creators, you know, stuff that you end up kind of uh, creating this, these misunderstandings and creating this misjudgments and everything. And I think again, yes, I have noticed that more that people have taken on that side of things and then those other people misinterpreting that, right. Or misunderstanding what they're seeing there. Um, so, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of a little taboo. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I mean, some people think the whole, the whole, the whole role play type of thing is taboo, but it's like, man, like what, what do you think kind of this is? Like, I mean, yeah, we could all come in here and you could be like, I'm going to just, I'm going to say 
like that my name is this behind this character and I'm never gonna like own, like represent that person. But it's like whether you, even the people who you know, who, who may be against kind of like the whole role play side of this. It's like that's like that's literally what this is, man. Like you know, when, when you're reviewing, when you're doing your reviews at the at the early hour of this show, and you're saying that you know Kramer Jackman kicked these field goals, like. He didn't really kick those field goals, you know, like, but, but why, so why, you know, if, if, if we're addressing these guys as, you know, and, and we're proud that there is, uh, you know, one real person behind these avatars, um, why can't that person, or why isn't it even expected of that person to be proud that they just did that, you know, um, you know, to be, even if you're not doing, like, I see people kind of playing the role all the time, even in gen chat, you know, so even, even if they're not doing press conferences, like me they're still proud of their teammate who just cut who just got all these sacks or they're proud of themselves for doing this and that or they're making fun of themselves because they they were you know they threw a couple interceptions this week uh you know as the, as all the analysts on the axis show they're breaking down you know you know this 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 running back went off for this and this it's like we all know that that guy really didn't you know just go out there on the field and put a helmet on and run for 200 yards but his guy did you know and 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 by kind of deterring the 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 idea of the role play it's all intertwined whether you like it or not that's what the league is it's a simulation league it is it is the WWE although our results are randomized where theirs are scripted you know but it's like but yeah. but you know it's so so to, to deter someone um, from from being able to be kind of to own the, that performance, to show the emotion behind that performance, and to act like it's nothing, you know, you know, or to or to make to to make them a square about it, and like to, that they're not allowed to. Then I guess none of us should be proud of anything that we accomplish on the field, and none of us should be upset about anything. And then it would just be emotionless. But we know that's not the case. We know that's not what this league's built on. We know how emotionally invested all of us are in this league, and how amped up we get for game day, and how and how we can't wait to get in the locker room on game day and talk with our with our brothers and sisters on our team. Uh, you know, so um, you know, it just it's it's literally we're we're all playing the roles. You know, whether you can whether you're you're for some reason that's hard for you to admit that coming out of your mouth um you know i i don't know why that is but that's literally what we're all doing and i'm just doing it through another medium and i'm being you know more entertaining about it when it comes to the press conference yeah and and i think too another thing johnny is, is kind of people choosing how they want to also engage i think if somebody chooses to engage the way that you're talking about right and somebody doesn't like it then you just like anything else you have the right to turn it off Right, you have the right to sign mm-hmm. out of Discord. You have the right to get out of that channel uh, and not let it bother you. And um, it, it's hard when you see something like that 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 may bother you and not and wanting to say something. But I, again, us talking, us understanding one another. Now, if I see something like that, I'm going to understand it more and understand why it's going on and why it's happening and maybe why some people decide to take this image. And and like I said, it's. You, you, I think you hit it right on the head. As a consumer, you have the right to to consume this any way that you like, right? Um, so that that I think again, really good stuff to kind of connect everything together. Now, getting outside, well, actually, I I think going on continuing that. What have you learned so far while being in the league? So all these things that we just talked about and understanding of why you, we do things, you and I. Um, what have you learned while being in the league? 
Um, I think uh, I think I've learned the number one thing that I've learned kind of about the league that you know that every rookie uh, kind of learns rather quickly, uh, some quicker than others. But I, I've learned the importance of um, that success really you know really ha- depends on your coach and your co- and your staff overall, um, and the importance of of a good coach. I like like you said, you may be okay with losing I mean everybody's here for their own reasons for their own escape for the you know some people might have a bond in a locker room um for a team that has not been successful for ages and they're okay with that because they love the people to their left and their right on game day um and they're there for them and and now and now it's their teammates that make them not want to leave that locker room but what I've learned is that you know clearly to be successful in this league you need to have a competent staff and you need to have a coach or coaches that are willing to grind and put in their time and be very good at what they do. So I've learned to respect um, the X's and O's and the guys who are doing that, you know, within every organization. Uh, I, I guess I've learned that early on. And uh, that's, you know, it's a big reason why I followed Gerald um, that, and, and we developed a very tight personal friendship, um, you know, over the course of a season that I didn't think was, uh, you know, was possible. Like, I mean, I mean, I, I, I know communities like this, they're beautiful and how you, but I mean, I, we, we've developed such a tight bond that he's a guy that, you know, I'd have at my wedding, you know? So, I mean, he's, yeah. he's just, uh, you know, he, we've developed that friendship very quickly, um, you know, to the point where it's like, I was willing to leave my own brother and my own, you know, and my own friend and former, you know, football player teammate in real life on the sidelines that like leave them in Louisiana to move away and to go with Gerald because I respect what he like. He, he just coached me an entire season. He, he would talk to me for two hours every week about our game plan and about, what I can expect to see out of myself on the field, what, you know, what we're changing with this and that. And so I love that coach quarterback relationship that we developed. I love the, you know, the, the friendship that was organic out of it. Um, and I learned how good he is at what he does and, uh, and how good he is at mentoring people at that too. And which is why, you know, I had nothing to, you know, it was a really tough decision because I knew that Drew was going to be a successful coach. And I knew that, that he would hire a good staff underneath him and to see St. Louis, battling week in and week out with a completely rookie offense is, is so fun for me. I tune into like every St. Louis game uh, and I, and I, and I root for them to do well. You know, I, I, I will always have some St. Louis blood in me and stuff, but uh, you know, I've learned the importance of good coaching um, and, and a good staff overall. You know, he's done a good job mentoring twin screw uh, and the other guys in our locker room and the other staff members we have and Jeff's great and Ross is great and, uh, and everybody contributes. So, um, you know, that's what I learned. And uh, you know, I'm just uh looking forward to, to, to the future with us. Yeah, and, and I've learned too, kind of seeing in this league that it, it, it's also the knowledge, right? Knowledge, if you understand this game, because this game's not easy, right? It's a strategy, and you're basing strategy on what the computer thinks it's going, you know, what it needs to do, right? Mm-hmm. Which, it, it's like, if you don't have somebody who really understands this game, it can be very frustrating because you're like, Hey, I, I expected it to call this and it called this instead. And I, that's not what I want. And in this situation, I don't want that. That's what ends up being frustrating. And when you're playing it and you're, and you're simming and you're trying to get the game to understand you. And then you think you found that right code and then boom, it does the completely opposite. Uh, that's what gives a little bit of, of um, excitement into each game because that's what I'm saying. It's very hard to call a game. Like when we do these who you got mm-hmm. and everything like that, a lot of times I feel like some of it is a, a, a um, how do I put this, a uh, um, 
kind of like, geez, why can't I think of it? It's like, it's, it's kind of like a, a who's your favorite based on just because they're friends on there or because of X, Y, Z or whatever. Like, it's not because you're really 100% sure, percent sure this, this team is going to win because how many times week, every week, every week, there's a team that you did not expect to win it. Yeah. And those are the games that, that really are the standout games. And those are the games that really make it interesting because finally those organizations and those teams got their win in a situation that people thought that wasn't even going to be possible. So I learned that, you know, it, it, for those organizations that are struggling, right, what I've noticed for, for those is that it, it, those we're learning the knowledge through trial and error. While there's some organizations that have the knowledge either passed down to them, right, or by their trial and error years ago, right, or whatever time that is, to now show how that knowledge has benefited them as a team. So as you learn something like that, you know, with how he coaches and, and, and mentors and everything else is what I learned is if you don't have that, you have to gain it yourself. And I think that's what really separates those folks who, if even if it's not the outcome we expect, I'm going to let you know that I can promise you that our front, our, our coaches, our everything are back on grind mode right afterwards to figure out how do I tweak this even better. And that's, mm-hmm. that's where again, the hard work and that dedication ends up paying off eventually because then you figure out what works for you. And I think that's in the you know situation it. that Gerald brings brought to Louisiana being a first time owner yes but having the knowledge going through you know everything as being a you know a leader being a a coach to now being an owner was able to share that knowledge and that that to turn people around a lot faster right so like that's what I've learned in this whole situation and you know taking when I was just a player to now taking in the front office, that's what ends up showing me the most about this game. And I think that's what sometimes sets an emotional fire when somebody else judges you without having that previous knowledge of, well, you know, they call it so easily, right? You see it in Gen Chat all the time, man. I would have done da da da. You know, I want to be a coach. I want to be this. But if you don't have that knowledge, like you've gone from Gerald, and you just say, hey, I'm a gun-ho and do it myself, these are the bumps, the bruises, the hard knocks that you end up going through to get to that to that knowledge that this person may already have, right? And you find that anywhere in life, right? We're not just even talking about the SFL. You can put that in, like, martial arts, right? Um, martial arts is a huge thing where generations on top of generations have taught the same style and it took somebody to say hey I'm going to share this style with other students and and get some whatever their benefit out of it is right and now there's different factions that fight about that martial arts and everything else it's it's all you can take it in any of these type of contexts and what what else from happens from there but honestly that's what I've learned so far and I want to give that aspect of it because, again, you, you're having a very successful season. And you said it, right? Like, you also had a really good season in St. Louis that had a lot of records or, or memories that weren't there beforehand, right? So, uh, you know, my point, I'm creating those memories now, right? Um, mm-hmm. Getting to be part of that build process and see all my hard work come to life. 
and then sharing it with people who I talk to on a daily basis. I talk to Mel every day. I talk to Jacob every day. I see <clears throat> Art and at least talk with him once in a while, right? <clears throat> that it ends up being where when we don't win, it's able to get us that one step closer. And as we always say, build this house brick by brick to create something that's going to be a foundation for the future. So, you know, not to stay on that subject so long, I just, again, not for you to solely just to get to know you, Johnny, but this is a great way for you, for you and other audience people who do care to get to know myself because I know not a lot of people do know me, but I did this to create that aspect and that platform and give folks a way to understand who I was as well, as much as was my guest coming down to the show. So, no, I love now that you make, you make it. Yeah. You, make, you make a real natural conversation. You know where where that's what what you know a good interview is, where it's not just straight questions. And and I truly do just enjoy listening to your perspective on things. And uh, and, and just so you know, like by me by me putting kind of Gerald, my coach, on that pedestal. You know, where I, well I always want to put him. That's not you know. Uh, while I do feel it was like necessary for for the audience to kind of hear your point of view, and uh, you know from a team that you know coincidentally just happens to be struggling. I was throwing, I'm just no, for the record, I'm throwing no shade at any other, you know, owners or teams who currently, uh, you know, aren't, uh, don't have the success that, that we happen to have right now. Um, Cause I know that, you know, I know that your, your front office is an extremely hardworking front office, um, you know, and, uh, and I know that every single team, you know, their front office, they, they have the positions they do because of the hours they put in, because of the amount of sims that they put in. So um, I have, I do have respect for anyone who, you know, who's, who's doing the X's and O's, who's a part of management. Uh, and that, that goes out to, you know, to people, you know, to, to all 22 teams in the league, you know, it's just not besides my own. I just, just wanted to be clear that when I say that, like, you know, Gerald, Gerald, you know, puts in all those hours and, you know, this is why I followed him in that, you know, it, while he's very good at what he does, uh, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean that, that every other team doesn't put in that same amount of work that have that same work ethic. And I think it's true. I think that you guys are building brick by brick. Um, and, and those are the fun stories that I'm talking about. That's, what, that's what's going to be great to see because, you know, um, just not getting demoralized by it, by it just motivating you every, every week more, like you said, getting one step closer, figuring out one new trick, one new thing. You know, meanwhile, you're, you're an expansion team. You know, so, like, you know, you guys need, you know, people are progressing as well. You're, 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 you know, you're making your players match your schemes. You know, you're trying different things and stuff. You know, it's, it's actually really beautiful and stuff to – to watch from the outside, you know, uh, in a, in a kind of different light. And, and, you know, I have no doubt that, that your organization, uh, you know, will, will be a successful one, you know, before you know it because of the dedication you guys have back there. Yeah. I appreciate it. Right. And, but that's the understanding that you have. And I feel like some folks don't have that. They think it's just as easy because you played video games for a long time and you have your strategy. So you're going to think that correlates to this. The, the, the game chooses what we're, we're trying to ask. And what we're just trying to do is, I don't want to say manipulate, but understand that AI more um, to get as close to the real game plan as we want as possible. So, you know, and that's, yep. that's the level that I'm talking about is that you took the, t- you know, Gerald showed that to you. You took the time to understand it, right? Because it's a two-way street. You can't just give knowledge and not expect if that person is not going to receive that, then it, it's not really knowledge, right? It's just facts or situations. So I, I think, again, like it's, it's this is this is what I really like the most is that we're able to do this and 
understand those two sides of the coins and again i never felt like you were taking any type of shade towards us uh, i think you were just trying to state the fact of what that 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 is and like i said when I, when i mentioned it I, I had no feeling that that was what you were trying to do but i did want to share that for folks who don't see that other side of it or get my viewpoint that hey it's very easy to say hey i would do xyz differently but if you're not in the seat you haven't asked to be in the seat you, you're not even close to being in that seat then why are you just going to share that critique when you're not even in putting yourself in that position to do it see what i'm saying yeah some people some people are just uh just ignorant and like you said you know it's definitely more difficult than 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 what you than what you think if you're on the outside i mean uh, I, don't, I don't i don't care how many times i mean probably gerald's put over 50 hours of his voice and strategy into my ear and if I took over the reins, you know, we'd, we'd probably lose every game for the rest of the season. I'm not about to say that, <laughs> that, I, that I could that I could go do anything better, you know. And that's with, you know, with how much he's, he's taught me and he's told me and he's listened, you know, and how I've truly listened to everything that he's said. So it is not an easy task. There's always going to be some ignorant people out there. And uh, definitely, I'm glad you know I wasn't throwing shade at you. The only time I've thrown shade at you guys was the comment that I made during the draft set. <laughs> which, which you know uh, what has stuck with us, right? We 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 created the uh, signage of the Justice League and put our front line on there. So, you know, but that's, that's again, that's something fun. And now that we have a better understanding of who you are, it, it it's again bring to that entertainment that we spoke about a little bit earlier, and, and then understanding what you how you like to consume this product um, helps me understand that as well. So best sfl memory do you have one that you really really sticks out to i mean you have a lot of memories within the sfl and you know you're ga- you're gaining that just by you telling each and every story and how each one kind of affected you but is there one that stands up the most uh throughout all these uh, you know uh, eventful events that have happened what's the one that sticks out the most man um I mean, it's just that's what's beautiful about the league, you know, and about the product is that uh, is that it's how many memories can truly be created in such a short period of time because there are so many good ones um, and, and even bad ones are memorable though they stick with you, you know, and they're fun to they're fun to reminisce upon. Um, I, I'm I'm trying to uh, try. I'll, I'll be I'll be real quick, but I I can't I, I I'll just um, let me name, I'll just name a few. I'll say obviously draft night being in Boston. You know, having having Cam call my name, he putting on the gladiator hat, um, Cam coming over and you know and, and kind of rubbing my shoulders on the first commercial break and congratulating me. Um, that that's a moment that will always stick with me. I think that that was uh, extremely, extremely you know fascinating and neat and uh, and, and is an experience like is a life experience that, that that I take seriously and I and I think is very is very fun. You know, and, and that I'll always have that with me. Um, and that it was a special trip just, you know, cause, cause Kelly was with me on the trip and she was watching from, you know, from behind the scenes and got to meet all, a lot of the big, the big heads in the league, you know, very early on before I even stepped foot on a virtual field, um, got to have my first conversation with Eddie, with Mark, with, you know, with Andy, with a lot of guys there. So, I mean, that was a, that was a special trip. Um, and that has to be up there. Um, I'll say, uh, you know, the, the, you know, I, I think it was like week five or week six. I think we, uh, you know, St. Louis in my rookie season uh, against Chicago in overtime in Chicago. You know, where I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I think the history was. I don't know if we. I don't think we'd ever beaten Chicago in Chicago. I don't, and you know, maybe, maybe some, some. 
SFL fanatics would correct me on that, but either way, it was a big game. And I remember that, uh, um, and Cam was on the call and we all know how good Cam is on the call. And, uh, yeah. you know, it was a third down and long, you know, and he, and he just said, uh, you know, will the, you know, will the rookie grow up today? You know, and then I ended up throwing a game winning touchdown pass right after he said that. And I think that that was a really cool special moment and that he even featured that in the offseason award show. The league featured that as, as, you know, the game that changed the, the uh, St. Louis's reputation, you know, um, and the moment that changed, you know, it, it was an, it was a nominee for SFL's top season 14's top moments. So that was a really cool memory for me. I have to say the entire season 14 season though is a great memory for me. Um, and I'll, it will never be forgotten. And it, it, is, it is what, you know, started my SFL career, um, you know, and to culminate that with making history for the team, um, you know, and, and sharing that experience with all the brothers in that locker room, uh, and all the guys that put their faith in me and the guys I put my faith in for the, uh, us all accomplishing that, you know, being four and six at one point with two tough games on the schedule to win both those games against all odds, to break into the tiebreaker, to grab a seat and to make history and stuff um, was a really cool experience. Uh, you know, not to mention getting, a, you know, a, a rookie of the year and, and a Pro Bowl, you know, um, selection to, to boot was, was in your rookie year. It was very neat. So. Season 14 is a memory of its own, and, and it will always be close to my heart. And then, and honestly, this year with Louisiana, just every single week is a good memory, like and is, and is a good thing going forward. And it's just, and, it's, and I love my team. Uh, you know, I love my teammates. I love my staff. Um, I love the brand that we're building. Um, I love our swagger, and it's just, and, and it's all, it's all goodness, man. So, I mean, that's kind of my answer to that question. Yeah, and uh, I'm gonna tell you, like, so hearing this, right, and. You know, uh, uh, hearing how you always share share uh, uh, recognition to any anybody who, who's involved with you or anybody who has a type of support with you, right? Like, it definitely shows why you're a QB, right? Like, I had questions on here. We're not going to hit them all tonight. You know, I think you're always welcome to come back and share because these conversations are pretty cool to have. Um, but it shows why you're a QB. Right, because you want to play with that type of QB who thanks the, you know, the defense and that thanks his front office and that thanks, you know, everybody that's around him who lets him be where he's at because without them, right, this this doesn't come to life, right? Without them, you're unable to do what you're, what you're trying to do. And it becomes that more difficult unless you have people who support you. And I think... Uh, my question was at that time, like, what, what made him choose QB, right? Because everybody has a reason why they choose everything. But I felt like in this situation, I really understood why you chose QB. Because it does fit your personality the best. And it, it allows you to be that leader that you know you can be to a bunch of people who are on the computer, right? So um, that question's out the door. But I, I did want to share that with, I think this that role fits you um, very well because any moment you get that opportunity to thank somebody, I think you take the, that opportunity to do so. And that's very rare that you hear people say, hey, thank you, right? Thank you. Being a courteous person nowadays is, is almost a, a uh, it's like looking for Bigfoot. It's hard to find, right? But again, when you see somebody doing that, it, it, it does take notice. And that's what a real leader does, right? That's what a real leader is. Uh, you, you thank the people because you understand you can't do it alone, 
which motivate others to want to head for a common goal um, based on whatever you want to accomplish. So I think that's cool, right? Uh, it makes sense on why you're a QB now. So talking about the brand and what uh, Louisiana has been able to accomplish, how did the whole charity um, situation come up? Right. Um, how did you decide? And I, and I know it's the military background that you carry as well. Right. Uh, but what made you choose this charity out of all, you know, and then um, how did that come to be where all of Louisiana and there's other teams I know that's doing it. But Louisiana was the one I, I know that introduced it or at least felt that way. Uh, how did that come to be? Yeah, I mean, uh Stack up. They're a great. They're a great organization. They're a great charity. Um, honestly, uh, yeah, it does have to do with my military ties. Um, but I discovered that charity back when I was working uh, in the 2K League for the Warriors because we were going to try and do. We were going to do a charity partnership, kind of with them. Um, uh, while that, you know, while that was kind of in the works, and we were in the midst of a of a of a big, you know, a big season and this and that, that kind of just fell off the table when other initiatives kind of kind of took precedent at the time um i'm pleased to hear that i you know i, I uh, from you know from uh from steven you know the owner of uh of stack up that you know they've reconnected with the actual warriors and they're a sponsor of them in some way or another i'm not i'm not affiliated with that but that but but me you know but speaking with steven way back when i did and knowing about that charity and what they do had always been um and that and that they're a charity that is exactly kind of what what we're looking for in our audience it's you know they're they're they have to do with military and military support you know and, and mental health awareness which is all great things and then on top of that it's 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 you know uh it's a it's a nerd video game esports culture that they're trying to tie into you know mental health you know for veterans and mental health really for everybody and what and how good gaming communities and and you know and using games as an outlet can be for people who are struggling with depression or you know uh, or PTSD um, and any type of mental illness you know and and that they're working with um, Johns Hopkins University you know uh, and, and and medical institute to um, to kind of look at this to bring science to the scene and really kind of unpack how good games can be for people and how good gaming communities can be for people to utilize as an outlet you know when they're at home alone isolated they can they can still release their their inner self you know through through the power of gaming, you know, and, and, and kind of a geek culture and stuff. And that's kind of their motto. That's been their mission. It's exploded. It has to, you know, and, and we're, we're in that esport video game nerd, you know, space and, and, and I'm military and we got a lot of military in the league, a lot of former military, active military. There's a lot of, there's a huge veteran presence in the SFL. Um, so I just thought it was, and I had the phone number still of Steven. So I thought it was a perfect match and, and we made it happen. And we wanted, rather than just throwing a few bucks at a charity, we wanted an official type of kind of partnership, which is why we, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, we named our stadium, Stack Up Stadium. You know, they wanted, they kind of, we wanted a partnership for years to come where not only are we proud to support them and do anything we can to spread awareness about them and, and, and with whatever dollars we have or our audience has, we're, we're going to try and build that. But, you know, they in return are not too big for their own bridges and they're, they, they're willing to reciprocate and they're willing to retweet to their, you know, to their um, esport and uh, and video game and geek culture audience, and they're willing to talk about us, and they're willing to kind of bring in a new audience for our games. So the fact that it goes both ways was a perfect kind of official partnership, 
and you know, and, and it just that's just how it works. It's kind of just a perfect marriage right now, and we try and uh, represent them as good as we can every week. Yeah, and to know that you know the connection to it and and everything else is is very interesting. I think folks don't really look at that standpoint, and I think again, just to address mental health is a real thing, right? I think we've noticed that with uh, folks making certain decisions because they haven't really uh, dealt and coped with whatever um, is happening, right? And I think that awareness needs to be key. And I feel like there's a type of sensitivity now towards that, right? Uh, that, That hits me home because I've had multiple situations of folks doing things because of how that, that their mental health. And I appreciate you know that that charity does help with, yes, a, a with the military, which I think, again, like I said, I thank folks who make that decision to join the military. I thank them because there is repercussions from making that decision, right? You see it, you hear it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't, I don't come from a military background, but my sister-in-law and my old brother-in-law, were right military and they showed me another side that i didn't know growing up it was a misconception about the military that um i was able to grow from and have a better understanding and it and i i see why people used to stop in the middle of them shopping and saying hey thank you for your service because it's not everybody who can do that right to have somebody yell at you and build you you know break you down to build you up and then to say hey i'm doing this for other people or whatever reason you decide to do it right I think it was a good understanding and then understanding that there's a life outside of it after you do your service to, to this to the country um, you end up living a regular life but there's still repercussions to it and, I, and again it's not just to military people um, but to everybody in general so I, I think that's really cool to know and, and understanding that mental health aspect as well is really big for me kind of hits home a little bit because of it um the so you know it's great to understand the charity side of things and what that was able to accomplish and and that's awesome that you brought that in i see other folks following in the footsteps of charities that they believe in Um, what is your vision for the league overall uh going into these next you know in the next two seasons where do you see us uh the vision for the league in the next two seasons Um, I mean, I just, you know, I want, uh, I'm trying to think of my vision for the league. I mean, I, I don't have, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to be, you know, the harshest critic on, on the league or anything or take, take this platform to do so. I think that the league is a, like I said, I've told Cam a million times, I think it's a beautiful product. He knows, we've had long conversations. He, he knows how much I believe in it. Um, I kind of, uh, you know, I want, I'd love to see us take some steps forward in certain departments. I'd love to see, you know, certain rules maybe be reviewed. I'd love to see certain um, things be implemented into the league that I personally think would be of a huge benefit for the league. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm not in, I'm not in a position to kind of, you know, to, to demand those things or to, uh, you know, or to, you know, whine about it if it doesn't happen. I'm going to enjoy this product for what it is regardless. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to continue to, you know, play ball in Louisiana with my boys. I'm going to continue to, to go out there and try and win games every weekend. And I'm going to have fun doing it. I'm going to have fun being me. So, um, you know, my vision's just, you know, 
Louisiana championships really is my vision. <laughs> yeah. And, it, you know, that, that's good to know that, again, there's no selfless thought of your future of the, of the league, right, or the vision of the league for the future. And, um, you know, try, again, we're all trying to get to a championship, right? But I think, again, understanding that that's just your viewpoint at this point in time, pretty cool to see that you know, your aspect of where the vision may, uh, of the league may go. Now, you know, with some of the visions, like for me, I see the SFLM as a huge opportunity for the league itself to create this organic pool of, of rookies who come into this league with more knowledge, with more understanding and not feel as in, not feeling as inclusive as others who got to get that opportunity in one way, shape or form. Um, do you have any advice for rookies coming up in the league um, in this next upcoming draft and this next upcoming pool into the SFLM? Um, you know, just be bold, be dedicated, be vocal, be, you know, show, be involved. You know, I, I you know, I, I've been asked this question before and I think that, um, I think that really just do something that separates yourself, but, 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 you know, be true to yourself, be who you are. Um, and, and take it, take the time to really sell yourself to, you know, to management. I think I I don't personally know of any, you know, GMs out there or any owners or any, you know, anyone who's in uh, any, any scouts or recruiters, you know, who are in a position to uh, learn about a rookie and what they can bring to the table that would deny your request to speak with them, you know, over the phone or over a VC to have a chat with them. Um, and if there is an organization uh, um, out there that is doing that, they're putting themselves at a huge disadvantage. And I doubt that they're a championship contender, you know, um, yeah, but, but I don't think that's the case. I think that everyone who's in these leadership positions, uh, that's, that's part of the, what they love about it. They love getting to know people that's that they love doing their homework. They love scouting. They love getting to know their potential, um, you know, uh, their potential new rookies that are going to come in and learn how they're going to mesh with their team that they've already built and, and the guys that they've been able to retain in the off season and kind of to, and, and you know, and to kind of, you know, all the things that are on the field and, you know, they obviously look at the builds and the players and, you know, positional needs, but, you know, I think a real fo- focus is on the, the person you are behind the player when it comes to, uh, you know, recruitment, um, which is why you see guys fly off the boards and drafts that had a lower value than guys who didn't go off the boards and drafts, you know, and yeah. you can't just sit back and wonder, why didn't I get picked? I, I had 18 weeks banked, you know, ver- more than that guy did. He only had six weeks banked and he's a first rounder. Well, it's because I guarantee that guy spoke, you know, to multiple people over the phone for hours, you know, and really sold himself on who he was, how much, how committed he would be to the team, different roles or, or initiatives that he would be willing to take on or tackle on the team's behalf. Um, so if you're not, you may get drafted just based off who you are in a chat room. You may get drafted just based off your build and your position. But if you go undrafted or you go to a team that you may have not preferred to play for, if you go late in the draft, um, just don't wonder why if you didn't take the initiative to go out there and, and to, and to really try and sell yourself to every possible team, you know, because uh, it's not, while, while there will be some owners or GMs, you know, or, or, or scouts that come to you 
don't think, well, only two teams came to me, so I guess I'm only going to these two teams. Well, that's great. Two teams took the, you know, you, you, you know they had a positional need, and they're doing their diligence, but you don't have to settle for those two teams. You should get on the phone with the other 22 teams, you know, or the other two, you know, next year if there's two more expansion teams, or the other 20 teams, you know, so, uh, and you should, you should, you know, really try and get in there and sell yourself and have follow-up conversations and ask where they're at and say, and, hey, if you're valuing so-and-so, higher than me, you know, what can I do to increase my value? What, what, like, why, why are you valuing you? What do I have to do to just, you know, to, to get, to get that spot with you? What do I have to do for you? You know, ask those questions, you know, kind of, kind of demand that they give you a reasoning why you're not the number one guy at that position they're looking at right now, you know, and, uh, and it was ask what you can do better, what you can do, but you know, cause even if we're not going to be a fit, uh, what can I do better when I'm on my next phone call with Portland, you know, tomorrow, you know, so, so just get out there, be vocal, and and be yourself. And if and if that's not easy for you, um, you know, just, you know, you, you can do it via text. But I, I truly think getting being able to get to know somebody, um, and when it's getting so competitive as to, uh, you know, uh, getting a coveted, you know, draft spot, um, you know, then then you're going to have to do what it takes. Um, and if you're just going to settle for, for kind of less communication then you're just gonna have to understand the potential consequences that go with it yeah exactly and uh, again you know i think that's a great aspect to share with people because there is there is multitude of dimensions on, on who you end up choosing right um i think it's also in the position that you're in at that moment who you choose because if you don't choose the right people especially on on the teams that are new right like a new franchise or people who are the expansion teams you have to be very strategic in where you're choosing and what you're looking at and you know again there's that dynamic i don't think there's it depends on what the need of that team is at that time where what might be best like for us because we needed so many positions to be filled a chat would be the easiest because i could talk to 10 people at a time get to know the 10 people and then move them into uh the coach that they need to speak to or the you know if if we all came in agreement then having our owner speak to them right and there is pros and cons to both yeah i didn't get to share who i was with that person and really get that 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 bond over the phone but we were able to create the bond afterwards or we were able to really create the bond in a different way that was comfortable for them and then but for me, you know, at that time point, I was trying to get as many rookies as possible because I wanted to give that many rookies an opportunity to speak to somebody, right? And I didn't get to everybody. You know, there's a person on, on tonight's call a little later on that will um, was a person like that that I didn't get to, a chance to get to him until later at a time just to speak to him, right? But my always my intent was to try to get to as many rookies as possible to get them the opportunity to speak to somebody right and um again it's great when they take the initiative um but i hope some people understand too like if you know if i hopefully i never offended anybody i had some people say hey i would like to speak to you on the phone but because i wanted to get to those other 10 to 50 rookies i opted not to do that only simply because i was trying to give everybody a chance to speak 
you know, and that's my viewpoint, and that's where I'm coming from as a GM, right? Like, if I if I ever if anybody was ever listening had that situation happen, that's the reason why that happened because I just didn't want to give you an opportunity to speak to me. I wanted to give everybody else who wasn't as strong to say, hey, I'm here to be to have the ability to share who they were. Um, because we reached out first and we wanted to show that we had some type of interest in you. So that's like my view or my side of it and, and some advice to the rookies too that, yes, put yourself out there. But again, um, just understand that if somebody wants to communicate a certain way, you never know why. Because it could be in a situation where they're just trying to get to everybody. And now that we're in a situation where we won't be in that same need base. I think, again, that I will be able this year to spend a little bit more of those intricate times with people. So uh, good thoughts that you shared. And finally, uh, Johnny, the floor is yours. You can speak about your last thoughts, um, Discord name, that people can connect with you, or anything with Twitter. Um, the floor is yours, my man. Oh, man. Well, um, I mean, I think yeah, I think you guys know my, di- my Discord, uh, you know, um, you know, Johnny Pickler, Louisiana QB. Uh, but, um, you know, if you're not following me on Twitter, um, I, you know, I'd love to follow you back. Um, you know, I'm at the Johnny 2k on Twitter and, uh, and I do think that the league should, you know, become more, more socially prevalent, um, you know, as a league and kind of get outside of the echo box of discord. Um, I think that's good for when you're looking to grow an outside audience. Um, So the more people that we have, you know, engaging, willing to take all the chit chat and the discussions and the pictures of your pets and the smack talk and the love. And if you're willing to take all that outside of discord and you're willing to put that on Twitter, on social media, um, you know, it it, it will reap huge benefits for the league as a whole. So I do encourage everyone to do that. Um, What else? Uh, I, you know, just um, I want to thank you, you know, for having me on the show. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. You know, we've, I know we've spoken a long time and, uh, but you know, time flies when you're, when you're having good dialogue with someone. Um, and so I definitely respect you, uh, respect your organization, wish you guys, you know, the best of luck going forward. Um, and I appreciate you, um, not only having me on the show, but offering, you know, this medium to other players and to other listeners and other enthusiasts of the league to just be able to consume some good content and to, you know, and to listen to, to some different perspectives on things and to just kind of be part of the conversation. Um, what else? Uh, you know, I can be a talker here. I'll wrap it up. Um, you know, just want to give one last shout out to, to, you know, to all my boys, to my teammates. I couldn't do anything, you know, without every single one of you. I love my team. I love every single one of them from, you know, uh, from Matt Finnick, our crazy kicker, you know, my brother, you know, uh, you know, the, the finisher, you know, to, to Streeter in the backfield, making my job easy week in and week out. Oh, yeah, that's one thing I guess I'll say since I have the floor. Um, you know, the quote, the quote, <laughs> sorry, the quote unquote haters out there, they, they tend to think it's insulting or that they're getting under my skin uh, or under our team's skin by saying, um, you know, by instead of saying good game to the team, they're like, you know, or good game, Louisiana, they're like good game streeter or streeters, all you guys have, uh, you know, or stop streeter and you can win. And so, well, you know, we actually have a very like extensive, you know, game plan, you know, and, and, and we're, we're prepared for kind of, you know, we're, we're very prepared week in and week out for, 
how we think the game is going to go. And, and, you know, more so than that, it's gone the way we want it to go. And if, you know, all I'd say to those people is if teams knew how to stop Streeter, knew how to stop the run, you know, we would be passing the ball a lot more. I would throw a lot more, but, you know, I'm, we're, we're lucky enough to not have to. And when you get three score leads in every single victory that you've had this year, you're going to run the ball, you know, 35 to 40 times a game, you know, just because you're going to get, you're going to stay in that conservative mindset. Uh, so you're not insulting us by saying, you know, by saying it's Streeter. We, you know, the fact that we have the best running back in the league and, you know, what we would consider the best offensive line in the league, I'll always top my O-line and I'll always top my running back. Uh, you know, thank you for that. Like, we, we love that we have those guys and we love that they're performing out of their minds right now. So it's definitely, um, it's just a little, it comes off salty from, from, from those guys' perspectives and uh, we are not ashamed of having a great running game and a great offensive line. Um, when it's time to throw the ball, you know, we'll throw the ball and we're very confident in that ability as well. Um, but I want to tout, you know, just wanted to say that I want to tout all my teammates, uh, all, you know, all my receivers, you know, the defense guys are all studs, you know, we're, you know, what also wins games is winning the turnover battle. And, you know, we're first place in that as well. Um, you know, we have the best turnover margin in the league. Um, you know, so, you know, that's something that we're very proud of. You know, we know how to take care of the ball on offense and we know how to take the ball away on defense. And you keep doing that, you know, and you keep repeating and repeating and repeating that, you know, that's going to equalize success in the long haul. Um, but, yeah, I just want to say to all my boys, I love you guys. I'm looking forward to tomorrow, you know, on the road at Houston. Have nothing negative to say about Houston. We, we're going to respect them because they're, they may be 3-4, and four, but they're 3-0 and oh at home. So we look at, like, you know, we look – we got to respect them, you know, in their house. And we look forward to hopefully being able to be the first team that knocks them off uh, in their house and continuing our winning ways. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, if you, if you, if you supported us from the get go, you know, thank you for that support for anyone listening. You know, uh, it means a lot to me. If you're a supporter of mine, if you're a supporter of any of my boys in Louisiana, if you, if you go, if you tune into our games, thank you. Whether you're, tuning, whether, even if you're tuning into root against us, I appreciate you tuning in. I hope we put on a good show for you week in and week out. Um, you know, and we're a very good team and we're going to be a good team for a long time. You know, not just this year where we have championship hopes, but year in and year out, year in and year out, you know, uh, Louisiana is a great place to play. If you're going to free agent next year, you know, knock on our door. We'd love to have a conversation with you because everyone should want to flow this direction. I mean, we just, we're building something great here. We're all very proud of it. I know you can tell by the tune in my voice. Um, so hope that after a natural conversation, this doesn't come off scripted or cocky. It just is what it is. I'm very confident about my team. Uh, you know, this two hour conversation has got me amped up for tomorrow's game. First game of the week. Uh, so tune in and, you know, watch the boot go to work, baby. Well, I appreciate that, Johnny. Again, we, we definitely will have to bring you back on the show uh, to share more information about it. But it was a great time well spent. Um, you have a good night. And, and again, thank you again for reaching out and, uh, you know, allowing this to, to, to come to, to, to the audience out here. Right. So I appreciate it. You have a good night. Yeah, you as well, Nelson. Again, it was an honor uh, to be on the show, and I appreciate it. Continued success with your show. I hope the best. Appreciate it. Thank you. So, again, guys, thank you to Johnny for jumping on the show tonight. I definitely do appreciate it. Uh, we're going to quickly get over to uh, into the, uh, Welcome to the Shipyard, uh, where Mel would just be able to give his quick address uh, to the audience, to our fans, to our players, and then we will bring in uh, wide receiver from Fort Worth Toros, and a member of the Epic Sports team, uh, Cam Curtis, in a few minutes.
You know that call. You guys understand what that is. That is me calling out uh, to Mel Davis. Mel Davis, thank you again. I appreciate you making a quick stop into the shipyard just to give a quick address on what's going on. Hey, Nelson, how you doing this evening, brother? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. No, no complaints on this side. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, man, just wanted to stop in and uh, give a shout-out to everybody and let them know that, um, you know, we had an opportunity last week to play another game. Uh, we had a tough game, and each week, you know, we keep talking about the building blocks, and each week just seems to be just that, the building block. And, you know, listen to Johnny talk about things in this perspective on this league and how it works and, and the things that everybody goes through to go to the next level. Uh, makes it all worth doing, man. Makes it all worth doing. So, you know, tough game last week. We had some some challenges, and we just didn't seem to get going uh, from an offensive standpoint. We struggled. You know, we, we didn't step on the field, unfortunately, and put what I felt was our best game that we could have put out coming off a win the week before. Uh, but that's how, how it goes sometimes. You know, you – you put that game plan out there and you have high expectations, but sometimes it doesn't unfold the way you want. So back to the chalkboard you go. Uh, on the flip side of that coin, uh, defensively, man, our defense falled out. You, know, you can see the growth these guys have each and every week getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And, and we kind of knew that going into the season that we would have a defense that would be somewhat ahead of our offense. But our offense guys are growing too. It's just going to take a little bit longer to get where we want them to go each week as they're progressing and getting an opportunity to put their best foot forward. So no knock against our offense. We're a young offense. We're fighting our rhythm, trying to understand, you know, where we are and, and what our best attributes are and, and how to execute. But, man, once that really turns that corner and we start clicking with the defense as strong as it's continuing to grow, we're going to be formidable. We really, really are. But – it, I think I said this once before, uh, it puts such a perspective on this situation that it gives a greater appreciation, right? I mean, if you just came out as an expansion team week one and won every game, yeah, that'd be an amazing experience, and everybody would be in awe, but uh, how much would you really have learned from them? You know? uh, these guys are continuing to stick together despite the challenges that we're facing, and I believe that's what's just going to make us a stronger team. If we get ready yeah. for Vancouver tomorrow, uh, we're putting everything back on the table again. And uh, uh, Jacob, our owner slash coach, is right now working on Sims and, and cranking things out. And I stepped away from the scene just to talk to you guys tonight and let you know that Portland fans don't give up on us. We're still pushing forward. We haven't given up on ourselves. And this is one tight-knit group in the locker room that uh, is not going to quit. We have a never-quit attitude. And uh, each week is another opportunity to succeed. That's the way we tend to approach it. And we have that short memory, if you will. Last week is gone. It's behind us. No need to worry about it now. What do we learn from it? And what can we gain from it to put forth this week? So that's kind of the, the thought and process, uh, the focus and process we have. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate sharing that insight, sharing uh what is going on within our locker rooms and our organization and what we're trying to accomplish. And um, did you have anything else to add to everybody? 
No, just a shout-out to the fellas, man. Shout-out to the fellas. Do a great job every week, guys. They're getting the progressions done. And I like it when we call it, you know, training day, getting the weight room, getting out there, hitting the track, hitting those drills, and getting stronger and getting better. So shout-out to that, for our team and to all of our players, everybody for uh, putting in their hard work and, and staying strong despite the challenges of losses. Just remember losses are just another brick in that foundation of our, of, of our organization. It's just going to build us, help us to get stronger and be stronger and, and appreciate uh, the gains that we're, that have yet to come. They will come. We just have to keep, keep getting at it, keep getting after it, keep focusing. And as the coaches, we just got to keep doing our best to put the game, best game plans forward to uh, accommodate our guys so that they can see performance on game day that is uh, exciting and, like we always say, competitive. So that's pretty much it, yeah. man. I'm going to try to get back to work here and get back on some more sims as we get ready for tomorrow. And uh, we'll see everybody tomorrow night. Sounds good. All right, Mel. I'll talk to you a little bit later on. All right? All right, man. Take it easy now. Thank you, you again. Have a good night. All right. Thank you again. All right, brother. All right. Yes, sir. So again, thank you, Mel, for jumping on uh, to to talking with us and 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 sharing a little bit what's going on in Portland. Um, this next person, I want to thank uh, because he made the adjustment. He said, "Hey, Nelson, I'm able to make this happen today," and uh, it's wide receiver of the Fort Worth Toros and the member of the Epic Sports team, uh, Cam Curtis. Cam, how you doing? Good. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. I, you know what? I, I think I will give you, if there's an award that comes in uh, later this uh, year when they do like, hey, the, the season recap, I think one of the ones that need to <laughs> be said is, uh, uh, you know, flexibility. So I do appreciate your flexibility tonight. Um, and thank you for, um, you know, taking the time to do this. I do, you know, again, want to really say thank you before we get started tonight. Oh, I definitely appreciate it, and it's always an honor to uh, come on to shows and, and, and be able to have this opportunity, so I, I thank you very much for that. Yeah, you know, again, this is what the whole idea of this platform was to get to know the person, again, behind the, the player, but to also share your successes, right? And I think what you have with Epic Sports and, and the whole team that's involved with Epic Sports, um, each one of you guys are, are in one way, shape, and form connected right um yes oh absolutely and that's the cool part each one of you guys have your own individualities on what you bring to the league and then you guys came together to bring in epic sports which is pretty cool so let's kind of start first with who is you know cam curtis um so i'm basically um i'm from massachusetts um i joined in uh season 14 uh, I joined Tulsa as a non-contract player, as a backup tight end uh, behind Mosley. Um, I spent about half a season there, and uh, the SFLM was announced, and I was pretty excited about that. Um, signed up right away and uh, got my spot in Annapolis. Nice, and, and that's how we're connected, because you were the quarterback for Annapolis. I played linebacker with Annapolis for one game. Right, and then yeah, uh, had this opportunity with Portland, which, um, again, uh, you know, I'm so happy for. And but I was still rooting for you guys, right? Um, 
and I, I know I have players from other organizations, right? But um, your head coach knows that I would send messages and, and, and try to support as much as I could from the outside, not showing biasness, but um, again, understanding that this organization really rubbed off or really, really strongly on me. And uh, that this morning, right, when you put up that message of what Annapolis did for you, um, I think really resonated with me and, and it really shared how much of an impact the SFLM has on everybody, right? It's a, it's a great concept. Um, and yeah, it, it allowed for yourself to, to build who you were. So when you actually came into the league, you were, you know, you, you already had things established, which I think is pretty cool. Um, but I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to share that with the audience on the connection between you and you and I and Anne. And I want to touch on that later, but what else about you? If I did cut you off, I'm sorry. Um, no, I mean, that that was about it. You didn't cut me off. Uh, I was, I was just saying, basically, I was a season 14 non-contract player that turned to SFL online and went to Annapolis. Oh, nice. And who did you play with when you were non-contract before? Um, I, I played with the Tulsa Desperados. Oh, nice. Um, okay. Behind Jeremy yeah, Mosley as a tight end, too. Okay. Which the very first game that I came into, uh, um, unfortunately, he was taken out for the whole game. And then I, I stepped in and I'm like, okay, well... Let's see what I can do. I hope I can, you know, not disappoint you guys. And the whole game, they, you know, they didn't need me. I was able to do some blocking for them. And other than that, you know, but uh, it, it was, it was uh, definitely a, a weird first game to be able to step in because he was out the whole game. Yeah, and you then you understand the whole non-contract situation, right? I feel you on that pain, right? When your player was in the game and you're like, I hope my player is not the reason why we don't win this today, right? Um, oh, yes, I didn't want to be that guy. <laughs> yeah, because you have no control. And that's not something that is here now like that, right? But in that season, which was last season for me, season 14, I was a linebacker for uh, New Orleans, right? The Pharaohs. And um, I ended up feeling that way where I was like, oh, man, like I'm the, the third uh, linebacker. And uh, I hope that if whoever's running doesn't truck me, and if they do truck me, I hope that's not for a big play, because if it is, I don't want to be that person, right? Um, so it's pretty yeah. cool to see that you had knowledge prior to coming into the SFLM and then going back into the SFL, that you had some type of experience with, with an organization like Tulsa, right? And Tulsa is a pretty known organization and are doing some pretty good things now. Um, so that's that's a really cool thing to know that you're under that uh, tree. So your SFL story, right? How did um how did you end up getting to being a non-contract? Like, how did you find the league to begin with? And then how did you how did that process go to being a non-contracted player? So I, I think it was I, I think it was around Christmas time. I'm not, I'm not sure the exact time, but basically I was just watching TV and. Uh, it was through an app, and I seen uh, Eleven Sports, and that's the first time I ever seen Eleven Sports. And then on there, they had 2K, and I was a huge 2K guy. I mean, I go deep way back in the day with 2K. And when I seen that All Pro Football was on there, I'm like, "What's this?" I, I didn't, you know. And I started watching. And I'm like, "Wow, this is like a real broadcast." So I looked more into it, checked Discord, and I'm like, "Oh man, I got, I definitely got to play this." Um, so I got into the league. I learned more about it, and then I knew it was definitely for me. Yeah. And and do you remember what that first game was when you watched it? 
Oh yeah, it was actually it was actually the championship game uh, with the Denver Nightwings uh, where they won the championship. I actually got to witness that as my first game. So the presentation oh, wow. for the championship games have actually been over the top. Um, they, yeah. they really do a lot for that presentation and broadcast. Um, and and I mean that's that's what sold me to to look into everything. So I, I joined the Discord. I read up on some of the stuff, and I'm like, man, I, I definitely got to be a part of this. Yeah, and that's pretty cool to see that that's what inspired you, right? I always talk about, like me, I I had somebody introduce it to me, which happened to be Mel, who I'm, you know, on on Portland with, right? Um, but the what the presentation that really got me was the documentary, right? I kind of talk about it all the time about how the documentary set a president in my in, in my head and, and set a a standard on what this league was going to be. And gave inspiration to this type of podcast or this type of platform to understand because I'm a real big person of the why. Like, how did we get there? You know, the journey behind it and whatnot. So, you know, to, to not make it a long story short, I think that's, that's kind of part of the, the whole purpose of this. But what inspired me with that documentary was when uh, Damon was talking and he had these two screens. Now, I thought they were two screens that were um, his screens, right? I didn't notice that it was the video was cut and that they, that Cam added those two areas or somebody added those two areas for the effect of it taking the whole screen, right? Versus looking like it was on a cell phone. And that's what kind of inspired me with that presentation to say, hey, I'm going to do something like that, right? I'm going to provide content that you know, you can get whenever you need that content, right? When you need to know who Cam Curtis is or if you need to see who I am or understand why, where Portland's at and where our mindset at. Like this here is to provide a, a place for people to get to that, to that side. And um, again, it's so cool to see that a presentation got you to where you're at now. And you actually, I think this is a, a cool thing to know too, is how much experience you have. Because Denver won in season 13, right? So you're coming in yes. in the beginnings of all this in season 14, and you're seeing the transitions now. And I think the, the concept that a lot of people have, because they saw you get drafted in season 15, you know, rookie draft, but you weren't really a rookie, rookie per se, right? You were just no. somebody who at that time we were part of that non-contract um, situation, right? And the league made some changes where we were able to be more involved and get that experience that I think a lot of people were looking for. Yeah, and, and at that point, I had a choice. You know, I didn't have to go to the minors. I could have went into the SFL or I could have went to the draft experience. And a lot of us had the choice at that time. And yeah. I really, really wanted that experience of, of coming in and getting drafted, being able to, you know, play like a college-level type you know, game and, and then basically get drafted, you know, have have teams see what we're all about and, and, and how we perform on the field. Yeah. And I think people don't even know, too, that you were actually a quarterback and a really good quarterback, if I may say. No biasness, right? We know Annapolis. But you were, right? Uh, you put up uh, incredible yeah, was. As, as a quarterback. And the way you carried yourself as well, right, I think also sp spoke – um, you know, very highly about you, right? Because again, I told you, I still spoke with people. I still spoke with Scott. I still spoke with Ben. I still spoke with, um, you know, Jeff Gagne and Eric Hammer because we were linebackers together, right? 
and just trying to stay in communications to people that I was able to frank, right? Frank the franchise, like those people, you know, I kept in contact with and the, and the name that always came up was you, right? And they would say, hey man, you were a stand-up guy and you were this and this and that. And if you heard earlier on the section with Donnie, um, I, I, you know, you're one of those people that I didn't get a chance to personally know during the draft experience, right? But seeing how you carry yourself and what you were able to create and the person and, and now getting to know your your journey on here, uh, we're, you know, again, I, I share that message because I, I didn't get to get to you, right? I didn't get to get to meet who you were. And now we have an opportunity to do so, which I appreciate that this platform has allowed that to happen, right? So... One thing I, you know, I kind of want to know is how was that transition though? So, you you transitioned from being that star quarterback in the league to being now a wide receiver for the Fort Worth Chargers, which again has a very high-powered um, offense, right? Jason Williams, one of the the, the better backs in the league, uh, Xander Gold, a seasoned veteran who I played with in New Orleans, right? So I know what he also brings to the table. And then you got Stephen Hacker, uh, who is, you know, a great wide receiver. And you got uh, Robert Garrett, who, you know, is, is, is a star tight end. So you're really in a situation that lets you grow with some people who are really high, high offensive weapons. So that transition from that quarterback to wide receiver, like how has that transition been so far? Well, I, I definitely want to talk about a few things on that transition because you have a lot of different transitions. You have the, the player transition. You have the off-the-field off relationship transition. Um, so let's first talk about um, the off-the-field uh, transition. Uh, going to Annapolis, I mean, I, I've, I made some great relationships with the, with the staff, the players, the coaches, and uh, switching over from that to the Swallows. I still have those relationships with everybody. Um, I've been able to start making new relationships with members of the Toros and, and seeing the people that they are. And, and um, before I even got drafted, uh, that was my number one destination. Um, I, I can say now because it's all said and done is, is they at that point, they were looking at me very seriously at that point. And, uh, yeah. you know, before when they were considering drafting and stuff like that, and they, they were looking at me very seriously. And we had an hour conversation on the phone and just talking to them and realizing that the people they are and the visions that they have, they were so in tune in line with the way that I think and the respect that I carry for myself. I mean, um, they, they have some great personalities and, and they just want to see people do good and they just want people to grow. So that transition from Annapolis uh, with, with that level of coaching staff and support going to something that was just as, uh, you know, just as good that was such an easy transition i couldn't ask for anything better and i still was able to land at the spot that i wanted to go yeah um, exactly so that was the that was the transition as far as off the field on the field um i i, I definitely want to help out in any way um but it, it is a tough comparison right now i can't really compare like when i'm I guess we'll say it's the starting quarterback, silver player going to be a kick returner wide receiver. I'm not getting really the wide receiver. Um, I'm not really getting the wide receiver feel mm-hmm. that I would normally get 
if I was, you know, a, a starting wide receiver or somewhere. And and I understand yeah. the situation has nothing to do with the team. So, you know, the, the, I think I think if, if you take away the minors and you look back in the past, right, players yeah. didn't have to deal with you play this position and all of a sudden now you're going to play this. So there was a, there was a little bit of, 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 of drop off between the excitement of of doing certain things and and then and then tra- transitioning to another player and, and it's just kind of like a different feeling. Yeah, um, and I, you know, I don't know if that makes any sense. It does. I think uh, again, right? So there's pros and cons to the SFLM, right? Um, the pros yes. is exactly what we're talking about, right? The relationships you're able to have a good understanding coming in if you're going to a strong organization, which you shared today on Gen Chat. If anybody is following us on the Discord, right? Um, speaking about the organization and what that did for you, right? But then there is old rules for new world problems, which, again, right, is the, well, hey, I was a quarterback and now I have to play wide receiver. And depending on where I go, it might not be, one, the first original position I was looking at. And then, two, now I have to work my way, depending on the situation on that on that team, into any way that I can, Right. And that's a transition on its own, right? Like like you said, there's the outside the league transition and inside the league transition. And um, yes. I do understand where you're coming from from it because those are the things that are being discussed now, right? It's how do we take this product that has made an impact so far, right? And I don't ever try to use this pun on purpose, but it just always seems to come back into my conversations with bringing back that hashtag. But um, I think, again, like the miners really did set a standard that, you know, we're kind of in this in-between. I always got to remember that we were the guinea pig, right? And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just we were the experiment group. We were first-generation SFLM players. And I think that if we take the moment to understand that and see how we can share some discrepancies that we've had coming into this league, because, uh, you know, I know what you, you know, you had that reputation in the minors as, a, as, as one of the high quarterbacks, you know, in, in the league with regards with Derek Majors, who made the transition to cornerback and, you know, enjoying the moment of it. But I know he had some discrepancies with that experience, right? Like just knowing that, hey, I won a championship as a quarterback and I didn't even get considered to be a quarterback, right? Yeah. But those are, you know, just like anything in life, some of the situations that kick us to where we need to be at, right? So unfortunately, these type of experiences will help us understand for future generations, future draft picks, uh, future yes. members of the community and um and that's why kind of another thing that i like to share and i like to share the experiences of the sflm because i'm so appreciative of those moments you know coming in i always talk about like it's who you know and what organization you get placed in right and it's it's very difficult to connect with people when you are a non-contracted player right it really is because your player doesn't honestly contribute right you 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 don't get to progress you don't get to see your player grow better and if your player is the reason for anything it kind of sucks right but when you got into the sflm knowing that you had points banked and knowing that you were going to be around a community of others who were just like you that made you feel more um how do i put this like more in tune with the with the community and then when we got moved into the sfl 
we were able to take those relationships that we built in the SFLM, now take them into the SFL because we're all SFL members now, right? And then yeah. create a trend that we were comfortable with to do now these great things like your, you know, Epic Sports and my, you know, podcast and whatnot. And I think, again, like understanding those gripes and hearing it, that's why I wanted to know how was that transition for you? Because understanding how that transition went for you as a consumer of this product um, helps really understand like what we may have to face in the future to ensure that future rookies don't feel that same way when going into the league. Um, yeah, and I, and, I, and I just want to get it straight to it. I'm not trying to, you know, I, I, I want to make sure I'm clear. I'm not trying to say I don't appreciate the position I'm, paying, I'm playing because it's not the truth. I'm just trying course. to say, like, for instance, if I played, uh, when I played back-end tight end in Tulsa, that doesn't compare to when I played wide receiver in Fort Worth. Like yeah. it, it, it's the, the difference in gap between the positions and the, and the value of players. It, it was such, such a big difference where I can't really get a, get a fair comparison. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. And of, of, like, the, of the feeling that I got. Yeah. And, and I don't think that it, it, the way that you were sharing that made me think you weren't happy being a wide receiver. Like seeing how you were and, 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 seeing how you carry yourself in gen chat in, in the profession of, of the media, right. You know, you're going to be honest on what you wanted. Right. And then I think the gap really was to understanding, well, how is this draft going to work? Right. Because you didn't know that when you were asked, Hey, what position do you want to play? Right. Cause I wasn't, I would just, you know, I was hit up and somebody said, Hey, what position do you want to play? And I said, oh, well, I'm a linebacker in as a non-contracted one, so I guess linebacker it is. Not thinking if I were to go into another situation, like now I'm a tight end, you know, what did I really want to do and sticking to that, not knowing as a rookie, but then seeing the landscape of the SFL and figuring out, okay, how does that work? So I feel like that's what caused a lot of frustration because we didn't know what, like, we wanted to do this, but then it seemed like there was no way to do that, right? Like an example, hey, I want to be a quarterback, but in the SFL, there's not many quarterback positions open. And then those yes. quarter, those positions get taken, and now you're in a situation where you have to make a change. Versus if you would have known that from the beginning, then maybe that might have changed the outcome of saying, hey, I'm not going to go with a quarterback because it's such a limited market. But I'm going to do this or taking another aspect and saying, hey, I'm going to now push myself, push that narrative of me being that quarterback differently for other teams to see that. And I think that's some of the gripes, right? That's some of the gripes that we do have, right? We're not saying we're bashing our organizations or the league or any of that stuff. It's just the gripes we had to want to make that that experience better and make it more realistic and make it fun and engaging, especially if if we're really invested in the product that we see on the field. So Yes, and, and I was and I was yeah. in the mindset too, you know, like I wasn't even upset when I didn't get the quarterback position. Um I, I was in probably one of the best drafts for competition out there. Um the the people that were drafted in front of me, I mean they put in work too and, and they definitely, you know, deserve to have their spots. Um, yeah. So, so when I seen the names that went, I was totally fine, and I knew that you know, 
the league's not going anywhere and I'm not going anywhere either. And sometimes you have to, you know, go through, be willing to go through anything to get to where you wanted to be. Yeah. And, and, and that's a good attitude to have, Cam, because not everybody sees it that way, right? We saw some of the reactions during the draft, right? It, I think this rookie class is going to go down in history as being the, the most impactful and it's not saying anything about the new rookies that are coming in right i'm just saying the the folks that got pulled out of this draft pool are folks who are in the media like yourself right um folks like myself who is now a content creator um you know uh, eagle and, and winkler going and doing their thing with dave access like there's so many people I can share that are, are jumping out as a rookie that are now in the future, right? Jeff Gagne being, you know, director of digital content, uh, Mark, who, you know, director of compliance. Like I can go on. These are rookies, right? Like myself as a GM who are making, you know, something in this league. And it came from the draft that you came in as well, right? So it shows how impactful this draft really was to see so many people now involved in it, like in, in like it's a norm now, right? Then before when everything was kind of going on, there was some pushback that all these rookies were coming out. But like you said, this was a great class and the people that did go ahead of you, hey, kudos and, and you definitely did do the work. It wasn't given to them. But I think, again, that recognition, I think that's why that reputation of yours, uh, Cam, is, is, is pretty up there because... I think people really respect um, that standpoint. Now, when it comes down to wide receiver, did you is that was that even ever a consideration if it wasn't ever quarterback, or was that presented to you and you said, "Hey, let's do it," because it was similar to maybe that tight end position that you had prior to in Tulsa. So there was a couple uh, choices that went behind that whole thing. Um, originally, before I was going to play quarterback, I actually was going to play wide receiver. Um, and I had a whole bunch of check-ins, and I was I was going to be, you know, um, pretty much top tier at wide receiver for how many check-ins I had at that time. Um, but then I, I think I was on the, I think Cam jumped into a chat saying, uh, or he called me actually, asking me about, uh, you know, my situation. Do I want to stay wide receiver or do I want to, you know, be quarterback? Because at one point I said uh, he had mentioned that, you know, there's chances. And this was as the league was still developing. So I was like, wow, if I got a chance to be quarterback, I know that's so rare. I'm going to take that chance. You know, I'm, I'm all about trying to take the best opportunity that's that's put in front of me. Um, so at that point, I decided to try for the quarterback. And then when it didn't work out, um, I was going to wait, wait all the way till the end of uh, the end until the next minor season and play the whole minor season. It wasn't about being in the SFL to me. It, it was more about experience and, and I was getting that experience in the minors yeah. um, but once I realized that you know that the whole supplemental draft and the rules as a rookie and you know it, it kind of to me it wasn't clear and it took a while it took all the way up to like I think a couple hours before for me to really understand the rules yeah to know that hey you know what supplemental draft is the best path for me to go I don't yeah. want to close that opportunity and then I knew that I said well let me pick a position that I could play and be happy with and you know in case it doesn't work out but also still have that opportunity open within the rules in case I do choose that path yeah so of course. last minute That's I opted absolutely. into the supplemental draft and I basically got pulled at the end of the, end of the first round supplemental 
mm-hmm. as a wide receiver. And, yeah, you and did. it was you with the Fort Worth Toros, which was, which was awesome. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's a different aspect of that story, right? Um, for transparency, I think a lot of us, right, in front offices were a little bit confused on how this was going to work. And the people who understood it best got to take advantage of it differently right and um i I think that was the the part that was frustrated for everybody trying to understand how this supplemental draft was going to work but you gave an aspect of hey you got that realization and say hey i don't want to lose all those check-ins so i want to wait into the supplemental so they can use those check-ins for whatever position they see fit but it has to be a position that i also believe in and it also gave you an opportunity to start finding an organization you were comfortable with versus getting picked by somebody that you might have not been your previous choice, right? And I think that's really cool to share that side, right? Because it's a difference, right? You hear some folks share that and say, hey, I feel like that the, the um, supplemental draft um, uh, uh, damaged me, right? Like it, it didn't help me the way that I thought it may happen or the, the draft didn't go the way that I, I thought it was going to happen, Right. But you were able to take that situation and turn it into a pro and get to a situation and a position that you were okay being in. So pretty cool. Did you model your, your after you got picked up as a wide receiver, did you model your player after any specific type of wide receiver, either in the league or, you know, reality? Well, I t- I'll tell you what, I didn't model my player uh, specifically against um, any certain player. I mean, if I did, I probably wouldn't have got drafted. <laughs> um, because I, when I tell you, you know, the people that I, that I think about and I look up to, I more model them as far as attitude goes. Um, nice. One of them being Steve Smith. Um, the reason why I say him is he's a guy that basically um, defies odds. He shows people that even like the littlest things can have the biggest impact. Things that you weren't even looking at or you didn't think that could actually do certain things. or He, he, he basically turned it around and showed everybody. That, that the littlest thing can be the big, could turn out to be the point, something big. Um, yeah. So there was him, and then someone in the league um, during my minor season that I looked up to a lot, um, and he, he doesn't know this yet, but it was Marcus Dunhill. Um, I firsthand witnessed how, you know, what I thought, how a quarterback should handle himself, the respect that a lot of people around the league actually had for him, the way they talked about him. Um, I, I really have a lot of respect for him. And I, and I really never got to talk to the guy, but I, I, I see everything in the chat. I watch so many things, and I listen to what people say. So yeah. he's another person that I uh, look up to. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I see that as well, right? Like, I think he's left a reputation out there that folks strive to, to, to even have, right? Uh, just because it, you want to carry yourself in a certain way, right? Like myself, I... As much as this is a simulation, right, I do take it serious and I do show who I am and, and I carry myself like I do in, in, in the real world. And I always talk about that respect and that I have for people and and I always appreciate everybody's story because everybody's story is different. My story to the league, to where I'm at, to how I got here is way different than yours, but it's so fun to see that side of things, right? And it's so great to get that aspect of the other side because it gives you a big picture of how we're all connected, right? We all come from different roots and different backstories, right? But we connected on one thing, which was the simulation football league, right? Um, 
so I think understanding that and, and then seeing the people that you, you know, when you said Steve Smith, for me, it's Santana Moss. If we're going to talk about somebody who's small, who has to deal with adversities, you know, Santana Moss. I'm a big uh, Washington football team uh, guy, you know, now that I have to change my uh, uh, vocabulary for that. Um, but he's that type of person for me, like Steve Smith was to you, a small little guy who had to deal with adversities. His was being small, having to play a slot receiver, but um, making big plays for Washington, which he had huge ones against um, them in, in Dallas and whatnot. And uh, had that same attitude, right? Like, I'm going to make it possible. It doesn't matter who small I am, how small I am. So I, I, I definitely feel you on that standpoint. And uh, it's funny how you say those players differ, but uh, that really stood out to me on uh, what you're saying. And I felt like, in, in the retrospect on my side, it's Santana Moss because of that same reasoning that you like Steve Smith. Now, um, getting away from that standpoint uh, of the SFL and you being a wide receiver, um, I do want to touch a little bit more in the SFLM because you you said something, like, again, what you said in, in Gen Chat this morning, right? was was really a really good representation of what the SFLM can really do, right? And I always felt like the benefit of it is a rookie being able to spend time with veterans, right? So your head coach is typically a veteran. Yes. The assistants that he brings in are veterans, right? And then situations like yourself and me, right? We were played season 14 as non-contracted. So yes, we're rookies, but we're not rookies. So we can share some of that insight knowledge into the league that people who were really, really rookies were able to get that light. And then that experience made it even better. So if you don't mind, right, I do want you to touch on what you what inspired you to say that uh, message that you said this morning. But um, what, what, how would you explain the difference between the SFLM and the SFL if somebody, you know, was this their first time ever hearing about this? Okay, so first I'll touch about the comment this morning. Like, it, this was the first SFLM season that passed. And, you know, I experienced it. A lot of other uh, players experienced it. But I'm not sure that everyone really understands what it, what it means to a player and how much it means to a player that's actually played in it. So I, I definitely wanted to put out there, you know, how much Annapolis has meant to me, you know, the inspiration that it's, that it's given me. Um, and 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 that was my first experience. You know, that was my uh, everything for the SFL. Um, dealing with those coaches, dealing with those players. Um, so I, I definitely wanted to make it a point to to basically let the league and and, and all the players know and everybody that um, you know that 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 was my experience. That's a great experience, and it's yeah. going to resonate for the future for years to come. Um, and I know a lot of other Annapolis players definitely feel that way. And I'm sure other, you know, minor league players, I'm sure they all feel the same way too. Yeah. Because, I mean, if I, you didn't experience that in the minor league, you might not know that. Yeah, and I uh, think the it connection can, that you really have to those teams and those coaches and the staff. Yeah. I, I think you're right, right? Like, I think what you're saying is, is a similar story in other organizations, right? And um, I wish your message could have got pinned because I think it was a great way of folks seeing the SFL. Cause I, you know, coming into the SFL, 
um, I didn't notice that not a lot of people knew about the SFLM in the sense of the background, the locker rooms, um, how it worked, right? Like, I don't think that knowledge was really shared to a lot of other organizations unless they were part of the SFLM, right? Like Ben yes. coming from Queen City, um, coming in and sharing that knowledge that he probably gained from playing with Queen City, uh, you know, uh, Queen City in what he brought to us and the knowledge and the way that he shared it with us. I mean, I felt like he was trying to bring us to the same level. So we were able to get some type of respect, but like it set a president and it set a standard to say, Hey, this is how we're, how you're going to do it when you get into the SFL. And it may not be true in every single organization, right? Cause everybody's different, but it gave us something to understand. And I'm going to be honest with you. It's what, kept me still involved in the league because of people like yourself and getting to know we were all rookies so it's, it's really cool when you get to meet other rookies and figure out how they got here you know it, it shows that a little bit of what that difference between the SFLM and the SFL was and um, I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off I just think that that's so true that you know I don't think people understand that impact and I don't have access to the SFLM anymore right uh, coming to the SFL. I know. I, I, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off too. I was going to say, I know I don't either. And, and, and not even having that connection, it, <clears throat> being a minor player and then and then being taken out of that and then you don't say goodbye. Like, I mean, that kind of was a little bit, that, that kind of hurt a little bit too, you know, or not being able to talk now and get to know these new rookies ahead of time. Like, you know, I kind of wish I had access to talk to these people, or, you know, and sometimes, I mean, I still talk to some of them. I, some of them still reach out to me around and, and, and whatever. I, I reach out to so many people, like, outside of the league, and, 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 and they reach out to me. So, like, it's just it just seems like being separated from that, it, 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 you, you kind of get separated from, you know, the whole feeling. Even if you're, you move to the SFL and now you can't talk to the, the minor league people, I don't know. It, it's just it's just it's a weird feeling. It is, right? It's a disconnect of something that we, we really were a part of. But, like I said, the thing that you did this morning, um, by putting that message out there and, and sharing that, how you felt, I think that was a great step in sharing that, right? Because we all have access to Gen Chat. And I know that Gen Chat yes. can be intimidating for a lot of rookies and people who don't understand this league because... You don't know how it, it really goes, right? It's like jumping into the ocean. You don't know if you're going to come into that ocean with mad waves just surpassing you. You're like in this entrenchment of different things, you know, memes and conversations and people taking shots at each other that you sit back and you're like, whoa, this is a little bit too much. Let me go into a chat where people are on the same level as me and we're not over here doing that. Um, it, When you're not having that access anymore it, it does feel a little bit um different but again what you're doing helps a rookie who is in his own circle look at hey there's actually people in the sfl that's trying to reach out to us and make us feel comfortable with that experience and there's two rookies that i know who are on in the sflm still who i know personally that i was able to share that experience with them and now that's what made them join Right, because they were like, if yeah. you had this great of an experience, I also want to have that experience, and I really hope that they do, right? Because I won't, I wouldn't trade that for the world. Even though I played one game with Annapolis and I spent, you know, maybe a week or so in the locker room, it still resonated that much. And Ben still reaches out to me, you know, 
just to see how I'm doing and see how he's doing. And I'm hoping to get him on the show one day uh, to show that appreciation. But I think it is that impactful. And I think you, you taking that message out today, um, even though I keep on relaying back to it, that's what really stood out today. And as soon as I saw it, I said, man, I got to get camp because I think that's such a great aspect and such a great story to share and, and, and really understanding those differences and, and sharing a different aspect of the league that some folks may experience, unfortunately, right? Um, yeah. But then they can see the positivity that can come out of it. So do you think that um, you think that there was any benefit that you received playing in, in, in the SFLM? Um, yeah, I mean... Uh... I definitely learned a lot um, from the SFLM, and uh, I, I want to say my first uh, my individual differences from the from the two. Like mm-hmm. to me, I don't really see a difference between playing in the SFL and the minor league. Um, I know that might sound crazy to people who haven't played in the minor league, but um, from my experience, I've also been very involved since the start of the minor leagues. Um, yeah. In the minors, I was a, I was a player, I was a scout. I did content uh, content creating, which I didn't know anything about when I first joined. Um, oh, wow. I mainly focused on videos that time. Um, I, I basically bought my first video software and started doing videos, uh, knowing nothing about it. And then um, I, I helped my teammates doing leadership in the locker room. And, and basically all those aspects got me uh, working with teammates directly um, and staff directly. And, then, and that basically put us on a common ground to be able to even bond together. Um, yeah. And, and then now, if you compare that to Fort Worth in the SFL, nothing's really changed. Um, instead of doing videos, I'm doing graphic design. Um, instead yeah. of doing uh, heavy scouting, I'm, I'm, I'm their social media director, and I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on growing their brand um, and managing their social media accounts. So I appreciate in the end, I, I don't, I don't feel there's much of a difference, um, you know, because I, I got active early on. Well, again, that's what I'm saying that's really cool, right? And congratulations if you didn't get to hear me, right? Another story that I'm really proud of hearing out of a rookie class that you're now um, that that person for social media for Fort Worth uh, Toros. And then you growing your skills, right? Um, it's the same thing with me. I did dabble in graphic design, but I was more in the audio, right, when I went to school. And... Uh, to start picking that up and then building that. And then I share that portion with my wife, which helps me create my bond with her. It's so cool to know that that, that kind of helped us create skills that we really didn't think we would be having, right? Or a skill like here where I'm able to speak with you, we're able to have a conversation on air. And, you know, it's a different platform. It's not your traditional show. I, I do take this as a show slash podcast, but um, to know that you're now the head of you know of their social media congratulations i wish i would have known because that would have been probably also part of your introduction right but i love to celebrate successes of people right and that success for you um i would love to celebrate i'm selling it brady now yes but i would have loved to know that so i could have put that on there as a title that is included with your name no, oh, that, that that's that's not a big deal. I'm not too worried about titles. I'm I'm more worried about just having everyone grow as a brand, and 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 that's why I shared the whole podcast and everything earlier. Is I wanted to make sure you know everything I do, I'm very brand oriented. I I try to grow every brand that I'm involved in. Um, and part of the part of the Epic Esports was to grow the SFL, and now it's to grow other leagues and have them all grow together and and 
um, you know, growing the Fort Worth Toros. Um, I mean, but we can we can touch on all that um, in a, in a little bit. Yeah, um, we can touch on that but, a little. But basically, bit. I'm all, I'm all about growth. And and that's good. Um, that's that's an awesome thing for you to be all about growth because it speaks volume of why again people always spoke highly about you. And um, when you can think of that brand, that's actually a huge thing in in any business. Right is understanding the brand um, as as a whole, and I work for a company that has gone through that that transition. Um, you know, to share with you who I am. You know, I'm a, I'm a assistant store manager, temporary GM at, at my location with Best Buy, right? And Best Buy in 2012 cut a lot of jobs and cut a lot of situations for people, and uh, that uh, to understand that this company taught me to look at brands. Right. And that's a really high level view. So, Cam, you know, it's cool that you learned that concept. Right. Um, it's the same thing that I try to have here with, with Portland is we really focus on our brand. What do we show to others? What do others feel when they hear our name? When they see us on the field, do they have that respect or do they or did we damage our brand in some way that won't allow people to want to come to Portland or follow Portland as, as fans? And I think that's really cool, right? Like, that was something I had to learn in 2012 when this whole change happened. That I had to be more aware of my brand and what people were saying about us. To really build back my business and allow my business to grow and shine like it is now. So really high-level stuff, man. I just wanted to share that with you because I thought that was an amazing thing that you brought up with your brand. And I'm a little mad that I didn't get to meet you sooner because I think we would have really related related to that subject because that's a high-level subject to really talk about. And I love when people bring those type of topics onto the show because I hope somebody's listening and hearing this and saying, whoa, I never thought about my brand before or what people think of me and how that affects the business. And that's probably why Epic Sports is, is a place that I've seen that carries themselves in that light in the news that you're sharing out out of your outlet um again speaks values of you thinking of your brand and how you're also incorporating that with the league and the organization cool stuff really cool stuff so um you know again sticking to everything here uh with the sflm because i do want to just take that moment and, and then get to epic sports um do you have any advice that you would give rookies um, just going into into the SFLM now and um, potentially becoming part of the SFL? Uh, yes. Uh, I would say um, basically two aspects. You know, make sure you're reaching out to teams as soon as you can. It, uh, the sooner the better. Um, they may not know what they, what they need now, but they know your name. They know who you are. Talk to them. Have a relationship with them. You know, talk. Reach out to the GMs first. That's their job. You know, the uh, owners are busy. Uh, GMs are busy. They don't get back to you. If the GM don't get back to you, try the owner. The owner don't get back to you. There's a co-owner. Try the other owner. If not, connect with one of the teammates. And you know, if they don't get back to you, then wait a little bit. Um, and, and eventually, uh, make those connections with people. Let them know who you are. Let them. Because they'll watch you. There's so many people in the league, and they get hundreds of people that hit them up every day. Um, they're not going to know who you are unless you promote yourself in your own brand. Um, and as far as that uh, goes, in the, in the meantime, 
enjoy your team, figure out the things you like. Uh, the SFLM is a place where you can basically grow and find yourself trying the things. Uh, like I said, I never did, you know, um, video editing, and I did that in the minor league. You know, and I, and I liked it, and, and I would have never done video editing ever. But, but it was something that, you know, I decided to do in SFLM, and, and I like it. You know, this year I did graphic design, and, and, and I, I absolutely love it. Um, I, I didn't know anything about that. So the more you challenge yourself, the more you things you learn, the more things you might find out about yourself. Yeah, that that's a, that's great to to really share because, um, you know, there's more to this league than just being a player, right? And you can find your own way and make something that you never thought possible happen. And I didn't think I ever had a passion for this, right? I do like speaking with people, and I do like getting to know people but again it's not the easiest thing to do sometimes with with somebody you don't know and then the times that we're in right unfortunately doesn't also help you with uh with getting to connect with people the way that you're saying and i think that advice that you're giving is one high level i think that that that's really great advice that you're giving and two it's another viewpoint of what um you know that 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 sflm you know, journey and everything else kind of goes. So, um, I want to kind of know too, like, so we kind of got that concept, the SFLM, you know, uh, do you have a favorite memory in the SFLM? And if so, what is that? And also what's your favorite memory of the SFL so far? So my favorite memory of the SFLM, um, I, I would have to say it, it went down to, um, the the quarterly champ uh, I can't remember the name the name is called in the league but it was basically the the game before the championship game where we played Ottawa um, that game that game was amazing um, I, I think one of the one of the the big things that I remember that really stuck with me is that was one of the, the first games I've actually was able to, to come up with some offensive plays and, and get them in the playbook yeah. um, and and then and then see those plays on the field and then I'm executed and, 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 you know, they were successful, but not only were they successful, but they allowed my teammates to score. Like, yeah. you know, there was a couple that are called, I think there was one right before the half uh, where, where Scott Johnson basically caught it and he was able to get in the half with like one second left before halftime off a screen, off of like a, a 50 yard screen or 40 yard screen. And it was like, just to know that, you know, one that that he was able to do that, and, and it was an exciting play. But two, also know that like, you know, you were part of, of getting that play in there, and, and it actually worked. You know, <laughs> you know, because sometimes you know with, with scouting and all that and learning curve, you throw stuff in there. Sometimes it don't work. You know, and yeah. it was just like, you know, so being able to do things like that and then see them translate, um, see 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 some of your work like translate and see some of your players and, and on the team and teammates benefit and. It's just really a good feeling. Yeah, that is. It, it is a really good feeling. And, you know, it's so crazy how that one game connected so many people. Right? I have folks in our organization that are from Ottawa and how that yeah. game played a factor for them. Right. And then, you know, again, I talked to Scott. I, you know, I talked to a couple of people who were part of Ann and then knowing how much that impacted their memories. Right. And then. Seeing other folks like Derek, who is, you know, played for the Madison Link, his experience, and then Gary's experience with uh, Boise. And I just think it's so cool to kind of see how everybody's experience was 
and is currently and how a lot of that one game really connected all of them together right yeah. um so i think that game that one specific game really meant a lot and there was a lot of great things that came out of that game as i know that wasn't the outcome we we wanted at and right and i was felt that loss as, as much as you guys did because you know I, I came from you guys it was um it was a memory that i think <laughs> you're not gonna forget because it was such a high impact game and it was in the in the situation for you guys to win it and uh, just some key plays caused it to go the other way uh but camp uh, before yeah. we continue on i just want to let folks know who are listening to this live it is going to transition um into the podcast Side. It's, re- it's going to be recording me and Cam and um, that link as soon as it switches over should be available if not once this is all over you'll be able to continue to um, but I just want to share again uh, continue listening Cam has brought so much great knowledge and he's going to continue doing some with, with some of the rest of the questions that we have um, but if you don't hear us again please check back and listen because uh, Cam is really dropping some really good knowledge, not just about the league and the SFLM, but also his experiences, outlooks on on those experiences, the thought of being a and um, those kind of things. So again, if we if, if if this does cut off and this is the end of what you're listening to, thank you. I appreciate you sticking this long, and I hope you continue to stick with us because, like I said great information that is being shared on tonight's show and i would love to have you guys continue that and hear this other aspect another story within the week so again cam just wanted to give that disclaimer to people because you're not going to notice it and i'm not going to notice it but they will so i just thought that'd be kind of cool to share that in case they don't get to hear the rest of it but they can hear it in the podcast afterwards so we got the sflm memory what about the sfl like how um how that you know what memory sticks out for you on that standpoint you know the, the memory that always sticks out with me uh, as far as the SFL goes is you know is basically talking on the phone um, with not with not no you know the bond that we got or that you know the bond that we got from talking and realizing that you know, we all think the same way. We're all about the same thing. Um, it, it's all, I think it's always going to stick with me. And and they know that. We've talked about it. Um, so I wouldn't say it, it was an on-field moment. It was more of, of off the field and the, and the things that we've pretty much accomplished since. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it, it's so great. This is why I love asking these questions because I think everybody's, memory and experience is so different and it's really cool to hear because someone's going to relate to what you're saying right someone's going to relate to the experience or some of the thoughts that you've had or that memory and even if it's not today that they share that experience if they ever hear this or they play back or somehow some way they get to hear some of these great things that you're sharing they can relive those moments with you and have that kind of um, connection to somebody who's in the league right now doing some really cool stuff um so that that's, that was pretty awesome stuff and um do you have any other memories of the sflm oh sorry sfl i meant to say sfl sorry any other memories of the sfl um 
I, I don't at this time. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit newer to the SFL and, and, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I wish, I wish I did right now, but I, I, I don't. Yeah. And I, and I think you said it right. The transition from the SFLM to the SFL has been so like simultaneous. Like you didn't feel that transition as much as maybe others have. And you yeah. know, if there isn't more to it, it's okay because you still share some pretty good memories so far. And I think you're creating new ones at the time, too, that that question in another season may change or differ um, depending on what happens from there. Um, But do you have any and and without this is just for yourself, but do you have any goals for yourself uh, this season and in your and in your career with with the SFL? Um, so my goals for myself, I, I, I make short term. Um, my, a lot of my goals aren't so much for my player. Um, I, believe me, I, I like I like my player doing good, and and I, and I like to make you know achievements stuff like that. And I would like to be a legend in the league. But my my main goals are more off the field than on the field, and and I don't plan out long term. I plan on what's going now, and what's going very soon. But other than that, I don't look out farther because I like to stay focused on what I'm doing now. Um, and, you know, whether the task is, you know, trying to get things together for the team or doing something that's needed or, or even if it's something with Epic, like I'm always focusing on now and maybe a month out from now. I'm usually not farther than that. Yeah, which is good, right? It, it helps you kind of track where you go. And if you I always feel like if you set a goal too far in the future, um, you may not get there because there could be some changes in that course right or in that journey to get to that goal that could make it a little bit you know either morphed or it being adjusted to the time that you're in at that time so i feel like if you give yourself goals that are are in those moments that are in realistic time that fits in that moment in time too i think those those play as big as a factor as you getting that dream house that you said a future goal is going to be your goal right like i think there 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 does need to be a balance and if that's the way that you see it then um what's what's the next goal like then for you as a player like since you're right here in this position what will be that next step um in 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 what is that next goal that's supposed to be happening soon well i I mean the next goal as a player is i i i want to keep developing and i want to see my player get better as weeks go on, you know, as he, as he progresses, I want to see more contributions to the team. You know, I want to feel that I'm, I'm doing more of my part to help the team. Um, I want to, I want to take some kicks back for a touchdown. I want to, you know, whatever it is, you know, that I need to do to help the team, that, 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 that that's what I want to see with, with the progressions. And I, and I know right now, uh, you know, as it goes on, you know, I'm going to start seeing that, you know, so, so that that's going to come. I'm 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 not so concerned about what my players going to do because I know in time that's that's going to come. Yeah, and and that's like, like I said, good stuff to kind of share. Um, and and again, knowing the player and the person that's now behind this player, um, to know that that's the next step, cool stuff. Um, now what I want to get into is now the epic sports. Um, that's honestly. Before I was talking to players on and that's how I got to know you first. Now, it, I remember seeing on Twitter and then you were getting a lot of retweets of, you know, again, content. And, and you were you were giving out, like I said, the way that you guys give 
the information of games results and everything. It's very professional, right? Um, and it makes you feel like you're following like a sports center, right? Or or a news outlet that is for sports that is giving you updates, right? Like if, like I told you, I'm a big Washington uh, Washington football team fan, right? Um, so anything that involves with that team, I want to follow it. And that's something that would probably be tweeted from, you know, an ESPN or a Fox or, or Comcast or whoever is your local sports team's station, right? Type of quality. And um, I'm very curious to know how did the idea come together? I learned something new today, which I shared with you, is how many people are actually involved with Epic Sports. Um, didn't know it was that many people. Also, didn't know... The, the type of people that were involved because these people also do things outside of epic sports that they're known for in media or in content creation. So I think them being part of this with them doing their separate thing, it's, it's really cool to see how everything is interconnected. So how did that idea come to, come to life? So epic esports pretty much started when I was in the minor league, um, I didn't, like I said, I didn't know any video stuff, and I'm like, okay, well, let me try to create content, and it was about building brands, and the first thing, you know, that I thought to my head, it was like, you know, I got to build a player brand, I want people to know who I am, and I and I tried reaching out to teams and all of that stuff, and, and you know, to me, it didn't seem like it was, a, it, it wasn't, it was enough, so I was like, you know, let's start creating stuff, then I was like, well, I can, you know, create stuff for the league right now, right? but I'm like, I really don't feel I, ha- I have the the skills and the knowledge I need to learn. And, you know, so, so I, I don't want to disappoint. I don't want to put something out there that might not be acceptable right now. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to learn on my own. I'm going to start watching videos. I'm going to start doing stuff. So I, I did that and I created Epic Esports to try to be maybe an outside thing in the league where people would see it and they'd be like, wait a minute, who's Epic Esports? And they would learn and they would learn, oh, hey, Epic Esports is Cameron Curtis. And I wanted that question to be asked so they can see and they can they can have idea, and then now they know the name, and now they know, but now now they know the brand, and and eventually it covers the league. And then I would yeah. hear a lot of questions of how did you find out about the league, and I want yeah. that question to be one day when someone says how did you find out the league, I want someone to say like you know what I found out from Epic Esports. I want you know so 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 that started you know um, uh, that was in my head, and I and I and I had talked to Cam about it, and I was like I'm going to keep going with this. I, I you know I really really want to promote this league. And I'm, and yeah. my goal is just, isn't within the league. I mean, yes, I put stuff out within the league, and I want everyone to enjoy the content. But also, I want to bring people from the outside. I want to pull them in, and I want to show them what the SFL has to offer. And yeah. uh, I think a lot of people that seen my vision, uh, you know, they reached out to me, and they're like, "Hey, you know, Twins Group reached out to me, and he was the first one. And he was like, "Hey, you know, uh, you know, can I join you, whatever? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, come on over. You know, we'll do things together. And he had his twin screw post, and that was going good. And, uh, you know, we kept going. So I went, I, I got excited about that. Um, I went even more with the brand and kept going. And then, you know, before you knew it, I had other people hit me up. They wanted to do stuff. And, and Coach Crave and, and, you know, so I, then I, we redid his show, and I did a lot of production on that. And, and it was already a great show. And so we took his greatness and they combined some of the stuff that I learned and, and, and we just approved upon it. And, wow. uh, you know, since then we've got a lot of attention from baseball league. We got attention from the racing league. We got attention. Um, we got attention from a lot of other outside leagues. And now I'm trying to use all those leagues to help each other and have it, have all of them grow the brands together. 
Um, yeah. So, so that's that's my vision. Um, it, it, it started off small, and and I'm just trying to bring this thing uh, bigger. And and right now our goal is we want to develop skilled creators um, to basically further provide content to the simulation sports world. Um, yeah. If you don't know how to do stuff and you're not comfortable, we'll teach you. You know, we have someone in there that will basically try to help you along and show you, you know, what it is that, that, that you can do or you need to do. And, and maybe, you know, from there you want to go to the league and you want to help the league out. Um, yeah. You know, but we want people being comfortable with creating content and we want to use those skills to improve content. And, and that that's what we're really about. And you know what, like to hear you speak like that, Cam, like I think that this is part of the show that I, I, I truly do enjoy when I hear that we have a lot of common goals. Right. Um, it's the same thing I want to be able to do. Right. Like when you and me spoke offline through discord, the support you gave me and the support I gave you back. Right. That was mutual. That was yeah. something that it wasn't something I was trying to do for my benefit. It was just I saw the work you've done. I saw the the work you put in. Right. And to know that it was everybody else as well to, to those uh, uh, folks as well who contributed and the speed that it happened in too right because you're right I saw it pop up when I first started with the SFLM and I, I did I had no idea and, and that's where I attributed it with you first and then I found out you were quarterback with Ann so then that kind of put things in perspective and, and at least put it where I was able to connect the dots and to know that that's what you're you're trying to achieve it's the same thing I don't want to say it's the same concept, but it's the vision I had here, right? Like I shared it with you. I said, hey, I want to give people an opportunity to get to know the person because I want to create real fans of the person, right? Um, as well as the player. And then also celebrate successes and, and great ideas and share how those great ideas came to play. And if possible, inspire somebody else to take a shot in something they weren't um thinking was even possible or even thought about getting involved in and that really parallels to when i spoke with ashley jackson knowing that she made the reason why she made a podcast and then seeing how that created such a shockwave that now you see so many other people's uh, so many other folks making their um their own way like you are doing right and that's what i find so cool to hear that story, hear how it went. I'm very interested to know how you got to the concept of, of choosing Epic Sports, right? And I'm very curious to hear how, um, uh, you know, how you got to the understanding of brand, branding, right? Because like I, I spoke earlier in the show when we were on the live portion of it, that that's such a high level thought, right? That's one portion. There's, there's other portions in businesses, but branding is such an, I feel like such a, um, how do I put this? Not talked about much between other businesses. You know the, the businesses that do it right, like a Starbucks, like a uh, Chick-fil-A, right? If you say Chick-fil-A, what that branding has done, and mind you, for the longest, Chick-fil-A didn't pay for any advertisement. So if you know you have a strong brand that you don't even need to have advertisements on TV, when a brand like McDonald's does or a brand like Burger King does, right? And, I, and I'm sorry that I'm correlating it with these things. I'm just, 
trying to really share with the listeners who may hear this that you what you're talking about is such a high level thing that I want to know how you how you even learned about branding um and then also too how did you get the name epic sports like how did you fall on that name you know i i really don't know how i fell on epic esports that for some reason just kind of like came to me i have no idea where that came from um i i just thought of it one day and and things pop in my head and and then i went to go see you know if if anyone's using it or taking it and it wasn't i said you know what that's a great name and i'm i'm, I'm that's what i'm going with okay. um, as far as branding goes um I wasn't really in the branding mindset and as it was going along, I started getting more in the branding that mindset, but I've done things in the past that are natural to me where I've been doing a lot of branding stuff. Like I have other groups that are on Facebook that are almost a hundred thousand people. Um, yeah. I, I, I've, I've was, I did, I ran a lot of leagues before where, you know, I have the mindset of doing some of that stuff um, from back in the day. Um, so, so uh, I, I kind of get the idea of building things up and, and, yeah. and trying to, you know, get them bigger. And then, like, the whole mindset of Steve Smith, you know, taking something small and, and, and making it something big. Like, I, I, just, I, just have that, I just have that mindset. Yeah. And, and I can tell with talking with you <clears throat> that that is your mindset, that you put this into this and everything else that you've done so far. And it speaks about it right not just the business or the opportunity you opened with epic sports but it's also cam curtis the person who's behind that too and you know you honestly are living up to what scott and what frank and what all these people always used to tell me like you really need to talk to cam curtis man you really need to talk to cam curtis and like i'm, I'm kind of like man i really did and I'm, I'm really happy that at least it happened now yes it didn't happen during the draft period and like hopefully you heard me share with Johnny that I was just trying to get to as many rookies as possible. Right. And it's also our understanding too, of how that supplemental draft was working. Right. Because when I, when we did speak for the little bit of time that we did speak during the draft, now that everything has passed, right. It was during the supplemental time. Right. But the only reason why is because I really thought you were going to go as a quarterback. Right. Just like Derek. <laughs> I really thought yeah. you guys are gonna go as quarterback so like I, I share this because i don't ever want anybody to have bad blood with me um but i do want people to understand where i come from right or who i am as a person and that i will own up to that so you never in your head are like what was portland thinking at that time or like in a situation there where i, I just reach out to you when we're in the supplemental draft and i'm trying to get to know what you want to do in such a small period of time because we're trying to prep or at least try to get to people that we might ha not have gotten to look at before, which was the situation with you, right? Like you had all those check-ins you had, which meant in the supplemental draft, we would be able to build somebody very strong, but understanding like it was so short of a time that I got to do that when I understood that, Hey, you, you already had a team that you were kind of leaning towards. Um, I knew that, hey, that might have been the best situation for you. And and I never took that as any bad blood, but I did want to share that story because, you know, Johnny was talking about go out there and, and try to get on the phone. But in my situation or our situation as an organization, I didn't have that means because I didn't have that many free agents want to come here first, right? So if I didn't have many people that were already here or established here, then it would have to go to the rookies. 
and there's a lot of rookies, right? I think yeah. I never noticed how many it was until I had to speak to all you guys. But I shared that to share this, like, it, it, it's again, um, I'm glad we're able to cross paths again. And, and it's really cool to share, like, that same kind of mindset. Because I have that branding mindset, like, as a GM, right? I think I think of this more than other GMs, but I do think of player retention. I do think of branding of the organization. I do think about um, employee happiness, right? So employee satisfaction, of not employees in this, but that's where that mindset comes from, but player satisfaction, right? Yeah. Um, and it is how it correlates, like I said, with work and making this the best organization ever to play with and, and feeling like you have a voice because, you know, not every rookie coming in as a rookie or coming in as a non-contracted person always gets to feel like they have a voice. Because you're walking into a situation that isn't the same as you came in as the SFLM, or not at least for everybody else, that you're coming into the situation not having that same mindset. So, again, I, I did share that with you just so you know, like, as a GM, I was just trying to get as many people in front of me because everybody has a story, and I was trying to get to know that person behind it, but not understanding neither, like... I can talk to Cam. I can talk to Derek beforehand, you know, uh, yeah. not thinking they might go for quarterback, but it was also the respect of what you guys were able to do in the minors that also didn't want me to disrespect you and saying, hey, do you want to do something else other than quarterback? You know, because I felt like you guys showed such a high caliber in that position that I felt like at that time, a organization would take that shot with you. And you and you could see it too inside of the draft. Um, you know some of the draft uh, uh, information that, that that came out, right? Like that was um, that was some of the thought processes we all had, right? Like I think everybody had that that had that mindset where um, you you had that that situation happen, right? And um, I think that's again like it's just transparency. I have you on the on the on the show now to share that with you, but that's some of the side that I want rookies to see. That depending on what happens or how you get to meet people, eventually get to cross paths. And and I'm hoping that by you jumping on the show, that our past when we when it did cross at that time was never bad. And that as no, as they're the, never bad. Yeah, and the hard work that you've done has been noticed by me. And when I saw the opportunity there to invite you here. I'm really glad that you you were able to make that adjustment because to share what your vision is for this, you know, for your epic sports and the people that are involved in it, it's awesome to hear. And it's awesome to hear that we have that same vision as well, that, you know, we can take this moment and take what we're learning together and share that and really help what we want ultimately is to grow and be successful. And to hear that a lot of people, that's their same mindset, hearing the same thing Donnie said tonight with his vision and how he wants to help the league grow to people before this show, it's really great to hear that. Right. And it's people like yourself and, and others that are going to make sure that this league never dies because you're, you're going above and beyond that. I feel like not everybody does, but there are people who really breathe in life into this league. And, and I definitely say that you're one of them. So thank you. I appreciate I appreciate the compliments and I'm and I'm glad that uh I, I, I've even had this opportunity and, and I don't take anyone uh, reaching out to me 
you know, as something different, as a, um, as something negative. I mean, uh, that that's kind of like personal brand too. If they're taking the moment to talk to you, they've noticed something. They're they're complimenting you. That's that's the way I look at it. Um, and then also, I, I had said who Epic Esports was, but I want everyone to know, and I want to make it clear that that's who we were. But right now, it, it, we, what we were was Cam Curtis and Epic Esports. Where right now, we're Mike Swinsky, we're DJ Spirit, we're Kevin Say, we're Big Dog, Big Dog James, we're Coach Craven, and myself. That's what Epic Esports is today. Yeah, and the, those are really all huge parts, right? Like you know, Coach Craven with his podcast, right? Like he's another pioneer I feel like with with Ashley Jackson who pioneered that section right of content creation and then you know you got Mike Twinscrew who got involved with his you know again news articles and then he had his show that he was having um, you know as well his his, his, his podcast type of show and uh you know, big big dog James. I think he was with Dave Axis. I mean, not with him, but he was on his show not too long ago, right? So that's contributing to content team. And I'm hopefully I'm not missing anybody, but it's just again the the, the epic sports team that is now created. You're right. Like I think that's why I think I could probably contribute you guys close to being like the Avengers, right? You know, the Avengers are all individual superheroes, <laughs> but you guys come together to create epic sports. And it's really yeah. great. Um, have like different areas, and I can see why you're saying, "Hey, if you're not comfortable doing this, like turn the epic sports, right? Like we got somebody who dabbles in that, and that's a hundred percent true. Because each one of you guys dabble in some kind of field that somebody might not be comfortable in. But if you have an interest, take that offer, because you can grow and be something that you never thought you would be. And um, yeah, that's that's pretty cool to, to share that and, and have people know that there's different ways to get places. You know, I, I make this show so multiple people can hear you, right? You got a fan base now hearing you on this show and you, and if you decide to go, you know, you got Coach Craven so you have that aspect and his his following that he's had and he has a strong brand as well not just being Coach Cravens, but it's also to being part of that Bash Brothers team or, you know, tandem and, uh, you know, Mike Twinscrew, what he was able to do. Like like I said, everybody has their strengths and then come together to make this program possible is huge. Now, we're at this moment in time now at the sport, and I know your goals are very um, close, right? Like, you, you don't plan as far as two seasons, but what is that next goal for Epic Sports? Like, what's that next chapter what we should be expecting? Well, I, I will say that my equipment and my programs far exceed um, my capabilities right now. I wanted to make sure that when I invested in doing some of this stuff, that I can grow into anything. Um, I wanted to make sure that I had everything in place so, you know, as we learn, we can all get better. Um yeah. I have a lot of shows. I have shows in mind, and I have really good things in mind. And, 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 and right now we're figuring out how to get things in place and make those things happen. Um, and we've had some great ideas from the rest of the team. And we're all going to basically brainstorm and come up with stuff. But, um, you know, the first thing was, was going to Coach's Craven show, and which, like I said, it was, it was already great. 
and he came over and and you know we 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 looked at the I looked at the production of it and we tried to figure out how we can improve it. I feel we made a lot of improvements to it. Um, we're both happy with it, and and the next in line is we wanted to do Mike Twin Screws, um, and and from there we're just going to keep improving content. Um, we have Big Dog James, who's looking to he's our sports reporter. He's looking to start his coverage around uh, for the SFL minors, um, and we have some other people doing audio. Uh, we have DJ Skit. We have Kevin Say. Um, he's he's basically talking to some of the new people who want to get on board. And, uh, and we haven't taken everybody. There's been other people we felt, you know, that, that they'd be a better fit for the league. And we've sent people that way, too. Um, but, but, but we're basically uh, looking at improving our content and, and trying to be more uh, consistent with the things that we do and efficient with the things that we do. So um, we're looking at that stuff at the moment. And we're just basically trying to learn new things to be able to provide better content. Yeah, and, and that's a great team. And uh, Kevin Say, I'm, I'm sorry that I didn't miss him on talking about, but that's another person who has a strong brand. Um, a lot of Ottawa players always told me to speak to him. And again, same situation. I, I didn't get a chance to because I thought that he would go as a running back. Um, so that was no disrespect to, to, to him, right? And, and same thing, like I said about you. It wasn't no disrespect. It's just how the game was played and the understanding of it then finally when we got to those moments that's when i try to circle back to speak to you guys right um that's another person who has a very strong brand that also was on dave axis's show um as well so i'm glad to see that these gen these men you know are getting involved and and doing these things and really cool like i said really cool to see that background and seeing what is is next for you guys and i'm very excited to see that and hopefully we're able to keep in con- in contact and in, in connections and and it's really cool to know how close we were without being close at that time and how much we actually ended up yeah. going into the same areas right um pretty cool pretty cool stuff and that's why i, I tell you this show is something different for me but it helps me see the differences as well as the commonality that we all have together. So cool stuff. And, and, and again, if there's anything that I can help with you guys, like I told you, my plan is to still get some of the folks that are with you involved in this, like being on the show and having the same opportunities to share who you are, as well as their pieces to Epic, as well as their pieces outside of Epic and the things that they're doing individually work together now that I have a better understanding of what Epic sports is as 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 a as a brand as well as a, a and I would love to call you guys hopefully it's okay an organization of your own to see what the future may hold and what you guys will go from there. So, the do you have anything else to share about Epic Sports? Uh, I I will give you a section in the last thought for you to share like plugs. I would love folks to know where to find you on Twitter. That's how I found you. Other ways to connect with you. Um, and your Discord channel, but do you have anything else to share about Epic Sports to share with people out in the radio world? Um, no, I, I, I don't at this time. I think I covered a lot of stuff with that. Yeah, you did. And and I felt, I'm so excited to hear where you started from in such a small period of time and the what the future holds for you. I'm definitely going to stay in contact so I can continue seeing that growth from you and, and the rest of the team that's involved with Epic Sports. Um, the la- the thing that I never we never got to right just because I-, I like to keep these conversations organic and move depending on how we get there right 
Um, yes. We never got a fun fact about you. <laughs> we never got to know a fun fact that maybe people do know or don't know about you that uh, uh, that you'd like to share. Oh, sure. I'll, I'll give you a, a fun fact. So um, some people know and some people don't know. I've, I've, I'm in the military. I've been in the military for uh, 23 years. And uh, I, I will say that I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, since we're going on brand promotion and, and I like standing behind things that I really believe in, um, I, I'm really looking forward to Gunny's uh, veteran game that he's setting up. I'm excited about it. Um, and I don't know if you, you heard about it, but that's a cool concept in itself. No, I haven't. Do you mind elaborating a little bit more? Yeah, so he was trying to set up a game, and I'm not sure if it's approved or not, um, but he was trying to set up a game uh, where, where veterans throughout the league in the SFL, uh, they would have basically an all-star game where um, each team would be reached out to and they'd find veterans who were playing, and they would put up a roster of, of us versus them um, as far as that goes and, and just kind of have a uh, veterans game um, around the holiday. And I know Gunny. I know Gunny was heading that up, and uh, I know he talked to Cam about it. I, I think recently he might have got the okay, but I'm not 100 sure. Don't shoot the messenger if it's not true. Um, <laughs> but I still think it's a great thing that he's trying to do, and I, I definitely stand behind it. Well, that's cool, right? And I appreciate you sharing it, and, and definitely I, I got to follow back with Gunny uh, to hopefully you know allow him his platform to kind of share that and, and get some more veterans. You know, uh, one, and I always do this, and for the folks who do serve, I appreciate you uh, taking on that service, right? Um, I know not everybody can do it. Um, and in the standpoint, had the discipline to do it as well. Um, and I appreciate it, right? Um, 23 years is a very long time. You did more than the service that you were required to do. But it shows the impact of what the military has done for you, which is always great, right? Like, I... I never came from a military family like I was telling Johnny before. I, I don't come from a military family. Okay? I don't have a uncle of mine who's in the military. I don't have a cousin of mine that's been in the military. And the ones that were, they weren't successful stories, right? But yeah. to understand that, to understand what you go through and to understand what you've been through, um, you'll have all my respect for that. And um, again, you know, uh, I appreciate those folks who do take that that level to, to to serve for our country and to allow the the rights that we look forward to. And I, and I think too, what always opened my eyes is um, I always thought everybody in the military had the same idea of being in the military, right? In the sense of like why they did it. I always thought it was just a patriotic type of mindset. But everybody has a story in that too, right? And why they decided to join the military. But one thing that I'll say is even though they might have different reasonings why they join, what I have noticed is that always the trend is that you get something out of it, right? Either become more responsible, you end up being more goal-oriented, you end up being more driven because you're put in positions where you have to work as teams against an odd, right? Um, You get to learn organization, you get to learn respect because of how ranks work, right? Um, But you also get to learn humility. And uh, mind you, I've never been in the military, but these are what I'm getting from speaking to folks who were in the military or currently are in the military. And that's what I'm saying is that appreciation that I have. And, and I do want to take that time. I'm, I'm glad you shared that with me because now it, it gave me an opportunity to, to thank you for, for 
being involved in the military and, and taking that service. So thank you, Cam. I appreciate it for real. Um, and thank and you like for I said, appreciation. <laughs> no problem, man. Like that's me growing up, right? And and I share you a transparency story. Like when I was coming out of high school. See, I'm from I am from Los Angeles, so. In Los Angeles, there is a huge recruitment because honestly, depending on the area you're in, we don't have much, right? Um, so when we, we learn that we'll get housing, we'll be able to live in our own, but we'll be able to get away from Los Angeles because a lot of people don't get an opportunity to leave that city, unfortunately, right? And to know that you can start creating a life. And even if you didn't maybe know what you wanted to do in life, this gave you some kind of purpose. And that always spoke to me, right? Like, um, I didn't join, one, because like I said, I didn't have a military family to really have that support with, right? My mother was so strongly about not doing that. Because again, we weren't coming from a military family, so our understanding came from media, right? And then that time when I was graduating, it's not like it was the safest time in the world, right? A lot of military folks were getting sent overseas to defend our country against the people who are trying to damage where we're at now, right? Or, or, or make an effect to the country we live in. And, uh, you know, I, I share that to share this, like to know that, to know that everybody has a story going into the military and has different mindsets and different reasonings. But to come out of it with something really cool stuff, it's, it's just to share a little bit more of my appreciation and this appreciation has gone with growth and understanding versus taking what the media tells you about being in the military um, and, and, and I know right now there's situations that are, are making people look at the military a little bit differently right um, I'm going to tell you that's not the story everywhere and there's a lot of great stories that come out of being in the military and the benefits you get even after the fact that Again, if somebody makes that decision, and when I have children, if they do make that decision, I do want them to understand that if you are doing it, I hope you're doing it for the good reasons because it is something that you'll go out of being a better person. But if you don't have the right reasons why you go into the military, you can really damage yourself and um, and not really come into that situation with the right mindset. So that's yeah. me trying to share a little bit about like myself and, and, and why I show the appreciation because I, I didn't take that opportunity to do so, but to get to know everybody who has and to see how much we have in common and to see what you guys are able to take from it. Always a great story to share, regardless if, if people who are listening are part of the military or not. It's still a great aspect to understand what folks like yourself do on a daily basis for us. So sorry, I, I went on a little bit of a tangent, but I do always like to share why I do certain things. Yeah, no, don't be sorry. Appreciation is definitely uh, just as important as, uh, uh, you know, as serving, you know, the appreciation, not only from the public and the families of, of soldiers, like appreciation goes a long way um, and not everyone does. So, you know, to hear someone that does it, it really means a lot. Now, what what branch are you involved in? I know Johnny told me he was part with Army. Um, what branch of, of, of the military are you in? I'm in the Army, and I'm still serving. Awesome. So another Army yeah. person, my, my sister-in-law uh, is, is in Air Force. She's currently still serving under the Air Force. Um, and my brother, my ex-brother-in-law, um, was, uh, was Marines. 
So I got to see both aspects of that or of each branch and how they differ from one another and then the competitiveness amongst each 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 <laughs> branch of the military. Um, yeah, yeah, there can be. There's there's a lot of uh, joking around about all that stuff, but but in the end, we all love each other. Yeah, it, it's still a brotherhood, right? And um, yeah. or sisters in certain situations. And then I think how what I've also learned too is how everything works in conjunction with each other. Each branch has their conjunctions, and there's certain areas where you kind of collide with each other. Um, like one supports the other. Like I know Air Force has had situations with the army and they played situations close and I didn't know that right like me not being in the military I didn't know how sometimes you can be intertwined with other branches um to get to whatever the common goal is really cool stuff that that I've learned um speaking to folks like yourself and speaking to my sister and 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 really getting that gauge of it's awesome that you you chose uh army uh to be that that kind of story to tell yourself so I, I want to get to one um, your uh, uh, your predictions going into this upcoming week of week eight. Um, you know, do you do you expect anything to happen? Are you hoping for something to happen? Uh, if so, what that is, and then um, and then after that, you know what the floor will be yours, Cam. Whatever you want to talk about after that, it will so, be all on you. So, uh, and it's you. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're okay. It's the floor. So tell me what okay. you predict about week eight, and then the floor will be yours after that. So I'm only gonna I'm only gonna speak on one game, and I'm gonna speak on you know what what I expect to happen and what I would like to happen. What I would like to happen is the Fort Worth Toros beat the Lone Star Glory in our own home, the Stockyards. And then what I expect to happen is Dave Axis and uh, everyone else who's involved from the Lone Star Glory end up donating to our charity for losing the side that they have going with Nacho right now and, and the rest of our team. You know, it's um, the connection these the Texas teams have with one another. It really is. It is really Texas, okay? I, I think... <laughs> And so I spend time in Houston a lot and San Antonio. I have family in both sections, okay? And how Texas embraces football, the way that you guys embrace football for the SFL's Texas teams is very Texas, okay? Um, the competitiveness, the the way you guys trash talk each other, right? It is it is Texas. Like that's the best way I can put it. And if folks don't know what I'm talking about, the way that Texas takes in football. Um you know, Cam even talked about it in, in, in his section about how Texas takes even high school football. Like I'm gonna tell you, in, in, in this area that I live in now, right in Maryland, nobody's going to the football game unless it's a family member or you're obligated to go or if you're even a student at the high school, the only reason why you went to the football game is because you were trying to stay out later with your friends and not have to go home. But in a yeah. place like Texas, where it is actually Friday Night Lights, which is based on how these games were in, in high school, and we're not even talking about middle school, because middle school and elementary school or, you know, peewee football is almost as important as the high school and colleges and NFL, right? Like, 
that's why it's so mind blowing on how you guys are sharing the same tradition. And I think you guys are really uh, representing Texas well on continuing that tradition because anytime you guys get a chance to play another Texas team, it's a different type of smack talk. But if you're really from that area or ever experienced Texas, it makes sense yeah. 100%. Yeah, so, and we got three Texas teams in this league. Exactly, right? So th- th- it definitely brings that um, that uh, uh, rivalry that is very organic and it's very realistic to what we have here. So we got that prediction, uh, you know, what's going to happen. And, and I'm sure Dave would love to hear this. He, if he's listening, I mean, we're on the podcast version, so he might not. But if he does decide to listen to the podcast version, hit me up. Tell me what you think. Because um, I'm pretty sure he has something very, uh, very uh, witty to say <laughs> back to you. So be prepared. I'm sure for that. I'm sure I'm already got a DM saying no chance. <laughs> exactly right. Um, but now oh, you know oh, what. Yo, go ahead. Or, or that I'm not coming back on his show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's typically one of the remarks. Definitely, if it's not if if it's not supporting Lone Star Glory. Um, you will get that response and they'll be like, hey, you're not coming back on the show. Um, so, yeah. but shout out to Dave Axis and his show and what he's able to do. And we had him two shows back now. Um, but you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Every single guest that I've had on the show has been such a uh, one, flexible, you know, person and two, um, very supportive. And, and I'm really happy of the experience. I've had eight episodes of Inside the League with GM Nelson Lozano, right? Um, I've had eight of these episodes, and every single time, every other episode has been as amazing as the next. So thank you guys for allowing that. But the the floor is now yours, Cam. Um, share what you like. Please make sure you share your Twitter, uh, how people can connect with you, Discord. Uh, the floor is yours. Okay, uh, so first I'll start off with Epic Esports. You can follow us on uh, Twitter at esports underscore epic. And we're also on YouTube as uh, Epic Esports. And we're on Instagram. We're, we're going to get a better pres- uh, presence on Instagram, but we're there um, as Epic Esports. Um, now, I want to give a shout-out to all our affiliates of Epic Esports. And I want to say we only stand behind leagues where we ensure the communities are top-notch and we believe in their experiences that they provide. For football, we have Simulation Football League at simulationfl.com or simulationfl.net, excuse me, where your personality and player can make an impact in the league. Uh, for baseball, we have Big Head, Big Head Baseball League doing amazing things. They have a wonderful community with a fun sim baseball league experience. You can visit them at bigheadbaseball.com. Then you can race over to Twitter and follow the Esports and Simulation League, where the racing action begins for Season 1 Daytona National Speedway on September 10th, uh, which we have some SFL team cars in there. Uh, Gladiators, Toros, Desperados. Uh, season one is full, but they're taking new drivers for season two. And if soccer is your passion, you can start over. You can start your experience today in the Simulation Soccer Federation. Just head over to Twitter and follow Simulation S O C C two. That's Simulation S O C C two. You could also send a message to Eagle Mondavi or Gerald Winkler on Twitter for those Discord server invites. There's only 15 spots left now. Hurry for those spots because they'll fill fast. And then final, I'd like to thank you, Mr. Lozano, for allowing me this opportunity to come on your show. 
you know what, Cam? I, I have to tell you again, thank you, right? I, I'm going to tell you, your flexibility today, I, I know life happens, right? And uh, your flexibility and what you brought to the table today, not just in the sense of what you're doing with your own uh, organization with Epic Sports or what you're doing with the Toros, I think the knowledge you dropped today was very um, insightful, right? And I, t- I will keep on saying it to my face turned blue. You were, you're in such a high level thought process that it was honestly a pleasure on my side to have you on the show and to really be part of this journey. And uh, as every show that I've had so far, they've all been memorable. Thank you for adding to those memories that I've been able to create doing this show. Um, and to all those leagues that you actually shared on, I mean, we shared too that, you know, part of the SFF, SF, SFF, right? I want to make sure I say it right and clear. Um, you know, there's some great people involved. And you're right. The community makes that difference. Me starting off with the simulation football league helped me see the other leagues and get to know people who are also involved in other leagues as well. Um, another league that I would like to share out there is uh, Frank Champion, right? He has his own league, uh, the ASB, which is also a simulation uh, basketball league that has been uh, amazing, right? He's done a really good job to try to create these very entertaining products, right? And a very realistic product similar to the simulation football league. So um, if I've been able to share anything with you, right, with you being able to help other organizations, I would say reaching out to Frank Champion and sharing that with him too is great because the leads that you already have shared have people involved with them that are great people, right? And that's why we do this. For great people as yourself, great people as, you know, Eagle, Winkler, uh, Axis, I mean, Nacho's involved in, in, the, in the SSF. Like, these are folks that we see every day that now we get to share another memory with them and support one another and aspirations that we have. So thank you for taking the time and, 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 and giving them that platform to to share theirs because they work as hard as anybody else. And I think the Simulation Football League has really inspired many, even myself, to think of simulation sports differently. And... With me coming into this space, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't expect this, right? But I'm very happy that I got involved because now it gave me skill sets I didn't expect. It gave me, it let me, allow me to meet people all over the world that I never would have gotten a chance otherwise. And then to be able to share freely ideas with other people as yourself who have ideas as well to do something even bigger. What a time to join the league, right? And I didn't mean this to be an advertisement always, but there's a reason why it's called Inside the League. It didn't necessarily always mean simply the SFL, um, Simulation Football League, because that's what allowed this to happen. But it's also to know other leagues and inside of those other leagues to help people that I've been able to see grow within our organization of the Simulation Football League into their own organization. So thank you for taking the time to, to thank me, Cam, but I also want to share that with you too. And I appreciate you being the guest tonight. Um, and I'm hoping to, again, whenever you speak to anybody from Epic Sports, which I know you will, let them know that they do have a platform here as well. And I'll be happy to have each and every one of them on here um, whenever they're ready. Thank you very much. That actually uh, means a lot, and I'm sure it means a lot to them too. 
They're, they're all yeah. passionate about it just as much as I am. Yeah, you know, I can tell. You guys are all like-minded people. And um, I'm really excited to see what you guys are able to accomplish. And like I said, we'll be in touch. Um, but just let those gentlemen know from me. And uh, Cam, you have a wonderful evening. Thank you for sharing everything you did today. And we'll be in contact. Okay? Thank you. I look forward to it. Bye. I do. Have a good night. You too. So again, folks, um, what a blessing to have everybody who was involved tonight. Um, thank you to uh, Johnny Pickler coming in and sharing who he is and what he's about and, uh, and, and really understanding him as the person as well as the player and to, to see how he enjoys this league and how he consumes this product that um, we all are enjoying at this, at this moment and as well as differently and we were able to share common ground as well as uh, different viewpoints on things. But it was a great conversation. And then to top it off with uh, Cam Curtis of uh, Epic Sports as well as the wide receiver for the Fort Worth Toros as well as part of their social media team. Um, it was awesome to really hear. And I'm hoping that my listeners take the time to listen to this podcast not solely for the facts that you're getting, but the experience you're getting as well. Uh, this is for you to be able to get content whenever you like. And these shows will always be on Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And they have grown, right? The first show was only an hour. Second show ended up being two. And these shows have progressively gotten to three. And I know that's time. And I hopefully I get to spend a moment with you on your way to work or your way home or while you're doing something at home or while you're exercising, whatever the case may be, thank you for stopping by. I do appreciate appreciate it. I'll see you next Friday. And again, look out for the games that are coming on. There will be Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. But also look out for the Portland versus Vancouver game, uh, which will be at 8 p.m. on Saturday, and that will be on Twitch. So, again, I have to do a shameless plug because that is my organization and that is uh, who I work hard for every day, but to all my guests, thank you. To all my listeners, thank you. Uh, to all my pot- potential listeners, thank you. And to rookies, if you ever need to reach out to anybody, my Discord name is Nelson Lozano, Portland GM. Um, reach out to me. Talk to me. If you need anything, let me know because this platform was created for you guys as the players. Um, but it also gives a platform for everybody to be able to share what they're doing. So with that, you have a wonderful weekend. Have a good night, and I'll see you next Friday.